Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code tapthecraft2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 7, Episode 13 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight? And of course, what is in your glass? I'm doing pretty damn good tonight, Denny. It's been a long day at work, but mm-hmm. uh, once again, getting the time to get in here and talk beer with you and and with a guest. Yeah, today. so so what, uh, who is our guest today, Chris? So we've got Mr. Mike Allen uh, from just outside of Atlanta, right? Mike, you're uh, just to the east of Atlanta, right? Yeah, Lawrenceville, just about 20 miles from downtown. Okay. Um, checking in with us, going to go on his, explore his craft beer journey with us today. And... Um, and and since he's our one of our virtual producers, he's actually going to help us run the show tonight. And he actually he came up with the topic that we're going to be discussing, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But before we get into that, Mike, what are you drinking tonight? I oh. am drinking a um, so this is a local guy here to Atlanta, so from Three Taverns. It's their 2020 Helms Deep, and this is the German chocolate variant, thirteen um, percenter Imperial Stout, bourbon barrel aged with uh, coconut and cocoa nibs. Oh, and you said it's pretty, pretty, pretty tasty, right? I'm liking it. It's uh, kind of a sugar bomb right up front, but that mellows out pretty quickly, and you can get the coconut and chocolate after that. Nice, nice. Sounds like a lot going on in that beer. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like those those type of stouts. I just like small doses of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can, I mean, especially when you when it starts to really warm up and and get thick, and and maybe. It, it, it kind of sticks around a little bit too long, and you're like, you know what, this is good when I first took a few sips, but now after, you know, 20 ounces, I'm about done. <laughs> In my defense, I gave about half of this one to my wife. So. Okay, good. Good move. Good move. Good move. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about, uh, you know, package sizes that have been going on lately, which I really appreciate these these smaller packages. So Same. That, was that a 22-ounce bottle or 20? It's, it's at least 22. 22? It might be a 750, actually, but I think it's 22. Okay. Yeah, I, I it was hard for me to see in your untapped photo, but it looked like it was a big bottle. Either that or you had very small hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not to, oh, never mind. I won't go there. <laughs> I, I think it's a 22, but it could be a 750 milliliter. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that... I've learned that those are I, I can drink it. I can force myself to do it, but man, I'm really hurting afterwards just because Certainly. it's just sometimes too much. Yeah. Too much. But uh Chris, I forgot to hear your beer. We got talking about Mike. Did you tell us what you're oh, drinking? Yeah. I didn't. Um today I'm I'm drinking a beer that that you and I both got from one of our listeners uh 
sexual chocolate um, from nice. Foothills Brewing. Yeah, there we go. Okay, sorry, I had to pull my screen back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sexual chocolate from Foothills Brewing out of North Carolina. This one is uh, coffee-infused and bourbon barrel-aged. And it's let's good. see. Oh, yeah, have you not tried it yet? It gets – I think uh, I enjoy it even after it warms up a little bit. It really has the flavors come out. Yeah, so this has been actually sitting on my desk for probably the last half hour. So I wanted to make sure that it got the time to warm up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is really good. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate yeah. that. Uh, what about you, Denny? What's in your glass and how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing better. Uh, we won't go into the details, but if you listen to Fermented Reality Beer Cast, you probably heard what I've been suffering through. 2020 wasn't going to let me go without slapping me with one more crappy illness but uh but hey i'm feeling better i actually got out of the house for the first time in seven days so um it was good it's not covid don't worry I, i'm not uh, dying of covid but i'll just tell everyone i i uh the day after after uh christmas yeah the day after christmas um i started having like a, a rash under my arm i thought it was heat rash just building up from you know sweat and stuff uh i a week goes by, Thursday comes, and the rash turns into little pock bumps. And uh, my wife looks at it and says, you've got shingles. And it was only on my right side. And I'm like, oh, I don't have shingles. That can't be it. And she says, yeah, you have shingles. And then the next day was when the pain really started hitting in. And pretty much from that day until, uh, I think Friday, it started to ease up a little bit, was like one week of hell. So mm. a PSA, anyone who that's older like myself and and uh, and Mike, not that Mike's old, but you know that that might oh, be old. <laughs> yeah, might be prone to uh, getting shingles. I recommend going and get that shot because you don't want to get the shingles. The shingles, I, I pride myself on being tough and being able to handle quite a bit of pain without complaining or anything. Um, I still didn't complain very much, but this pain was just nonstop, 24-7. I couldn't sleep. I think the sleep deprivation was hurting me more than than anything else because I just couldn't sleep. And I couldn't get any any way I turned. I was just uncomfortable, even though it was only on my right side. Just laying on my left side would put pressure on my side, and I, I just couldn't sleep. And uh, and I think uh, Dan Charlie uh, on the Fermented Be- Reality Beer Cast, he also had shingles. And he explained it really well. I said... Uh, imagine having a very bad sunburn, like extreme second degree burn sunburn, where even the wind blows on you and it's very sensitive and, and hurts. And then uh, take some needles and stab you and then some knife cuts along along that sunburn. And that's how oh, it felt to me, 24-7, like nonstop, all the time it was doing something like that. And he said, take that sunburn and then tase it and just don't stop tasing. And I'm like, <laughs> that's also a very good, uh, you know, good summary of, of the pain. So go out there and get that shingle shot. Uh, you don't want to get this. Uh, and it's, it's literally a two week ailment, right? This first day I, uh, you know, over the weekend, I started feeling better with the constant pain wasn't there. It was just like, it was there, but it wasn't like super painful. And then, um, and then today I, I decided to go back to work. I mean, I worked all the way through it from home, but today I start. I went on site to my work and, uh, I'm doing okay. I feel pretty good. Uh, but yeah. You know, based on that lovely description, I might see about getting that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You should definitely, you, you should definitely get it. Now yeah. keep in mind Hello, that. Can I get that shingle shot tomorrow? <laughs> keep, keep in mind that 
Um, there is some rules. If you are going to be getting the COVID vaccination, then you probably want to hold off because there's some stipulations. You can't have another vaccinate vaccine uh, within like a few weeks of, you know, like 20 days or, or a month um, before or after you get the COVID shot. So mm. um, if that is something that you are going to do, just keep that in mind. You might want to wait until after that shot and then get it, but do get it. Don't waste, don't put, don't wait, just go get it because you'll thank me later. Um, or, or you'll, you'll tell me that I was right later. Either way, <laughs> it's worth it. So, but so here, uh, one thing I wanted to remind you guys of before yeah. we move forward, make sure you hop on the live feed right mm. here and share it. So that way. Yeah, I know. I, I was meaning to do that and I kept forgetting because I, I got uh, carried away with the intro, but. Uh, I know, I know. It's it's understandable. We're, but, I mean, we're talking about great beer, just fantastic shingles, you know, all kinds of stuff. Gosh, I want to share it, but it's, uh, oh, wait, right post. Post. Please stand okay, by. there we go. Share. Now everyone just uh, saw that. Now, um, I will tell you what the what really helps with uh, easing the pain of the nerve endings, because basically all these nerve endings are what's firing and constantly, you know, giving you the issue. The, I'm, I know it sounds corny, but the only thing, the thing that really works is alcohol, beer, and uh, tequila. I mean, tequila works really well. Um, you know, my friend Corey said, hey, uh, the, the cure, is, uh, the pain relief is to take one shot of tequila every hour. Well, you know what? If I did that, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't handle it. But I did take a few shots of tequila. And I'll tell you what, man, I felt great. Now, the problem is that once you come down from that, you feel good. You start doing more things. That irritates the body. And when you come out of that alcohol, you know, funk, uh, the pain was like three times as bad after oh, that. So, so keep that in mind. Just either keep it going constantly, don't let up, or uh, just don't go crazy with your activities um, because it could it could backfire. Wow, we got we got super sidetracked on that. We certainly <laughs> did. And I didn't even mention what I'm drinking. Um, yeah. oh, oh, the reason why yeah, is because did, did. I I drank all my big beers last week that's why i don't have anything oh, good i got gotcha. you but i did get a case of this uh polliner oktoberfest martzen uh and uh, this is a great i mean this martzen will last forever right it's, it's, it, it still tastes just as good as it does you know day one it's uh, really good so i got 24 of these i've already drank you know 14 of them i think <laughs> but i've got four of them tonight where i'll be popping down again to help ease my pain from uh, working today so that's what I'm drinking. Polliners, uh, ger- a good old German. Again, Chris and I made a uh, a resolution, a beer resolution, that we were going to drink more beer-flavored beer or yep. things without adjuncts in it. So you can't get more non-adjunct than a pure old German beer. Polliners, good stuff. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's get on with the show. Before we get too far in, I always like to let anyone new listening, especially now that we're on Facebook Live, in case you don't know what tap to craft podcast is all about we are an educational podcast we focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist our listeners along in your craft beer journeys and adventures and you're listening to episode 169 recording on monday january 11th 2021 and this episode we are going to like chris already mentioned we're going to talk about mike's craft beer journey i know mike you've listened to like every show right so you know that when we have guests on we always like to find out about their craft beer journey so i hope you're prepared 
And uh, then because Mike is a virtual producer, um, we, you know, we give them an opportunity to go and pick a topic and join us to talk about this topic. And Mike had a great topic of talking about beercation destinations. 2020 was a crappy year. We didn't do much traveling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, everyone now is hoping by summertime we'll be able to do more traveling and maybe we'll be able to hit some of these beercation destinations. And why not, you know, bring the three of us together to talk about places that we've been or places that we want to go that are great for uh, for enjoying craft beer or even, you know, non-craft beer, even like if you want to go overseas and you're talking about, uh, you know, you want to go drink German beers or Belgian beers, right? Those are uh, a good opportunity. So you can count on th or those two those two topics along with some great conversation between the three of us. And let's get this conversation started. We're going to go right in, Mike, to your craft beer journey uh, question. So, Chris, I always start off the question. So why don't you go ahead and start off with the first few questions? <laughs> All right. So I'll get I don't know, the first two or three or yeah, whatever, whatever. We'll, yeah. we'll look at. Um, <clears throat> so, Mike, I hope you're prepared because, uh, you know, this is... I've listened to the show enough. I did prepare just a little. Bit, so. <laughs> All right, good, <laughs> perfect. So, uh, when when uh, when did you when do you think you first got into craft beer? Can you give us kind of a a roundabout time for that? So, I grew up in St. Louis. Go Cardinals! Um, <laughs> you know, um, and then you know, grew up on Bud Light through high school and college and everything because that's the thing in St. Louis. Um, late nineties started getting into more of the AB specialty stuff like Amberbach and honey lager. I won't call those craft beers, but it's moving that direction at least. And then back in like late Oh two, I moved from St. Louis out to Reno for work, Reno, Nevada. And, uh, when I moved there, I started getting exposed to a lot more Sierra Nevada, pale ale, of course, and uh, new Belgium's fat tire and just mm -hmm. local stuff. So I started getting into it probably about then, about Oh two. Okay. What, uh, so would you say your, your first experience with craft beer was positive or did it take you a couple of tries to, you know, get the hang of things, get on board? No, it was definitely positive. Cause I mean, I grew up on, well, lesser products as, as I mentioned and uh, you know, discovering that beer could actually have flavor to it uh, was a great revelation for me. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times finding out that flavor though, especially people that have drank, the same type of beer for a long time can be a little bit hard on them, right? To, to get that, especially if they drink the wrong beer. If all of a sudden someone hands you an IPA and you're used to drinking, you know, Bud Light and now you got an IPA, that's going to be very, you know, bad, a bad move. And, and kind of a you, taste bud shock. Yeah. Taste bud no. shock. And it's going to be bitter. And you're going to say, I hate this craft beer stuff. So it, it really depends on getting the right, uh, experience, whether you're with other people that are sharing that with you, having those people understand that, hey, just because they like IPA doesn't mean someone new to craft beer is going to like that IPA, unless that IPA is, you know, a hazy IPA or some something that's easier to drink, a sessionable one that's not so super bitter. Um, but maybe they might like IPA, but I mean, anyone that's introducing people to craft beer, they really need to be careful not to to turn them off to it because. I've I've had plenty of people that just say I don't like craft beer. It's too bitter. It's too beer like. I'd like to drink stuff that's not you know so beer like. Well, craft beer is supposed to be beer like. That's what that's why we drink it. It's got flavor, like you said. You you know that that flavor is what turns you on and gets you excited to go try other other types of uh, of beers. So that's why we ask this question because I, I like to find out people that have had a negative 
experience and then find out how they got back into it from, you know, because sometimes it might take them five or six years before they get back into it. My buddy, Vic Joe, you know, he drank some, I think, early on. And it took him until, you know, pretty much when we I started joining him on podcasting and he started trying things and realized, wow, this beer is pretty good. And he worked his way up to drinking IPAs, which is something that he, you know, he really didn't like before. So it's, yeah, it's a good story. Well, it was, you know, I mean, so like I said, in 02, I kind of started getting into like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and uh, Fat Tire and those kinds of things mm-hmm. and some of the local stuff. But it was still just kind of, you know, I'll grab a beer when I'm out at the bar with some yeah. buddies or whatever. And then, you know, a few years later, um, just went through some stuff in my life and actually like found kind of the cult, the craft beer culture. So mm-hmm. that would probably yeah. be maybe like 2014, 2015, somewhere in that area. And okay. that's when I really started like deep diving. Actually, that's a good. So it wasn't until about 2011 to 12 when craft beer movement really started hitting yeah. hard. And so it doesn't surprise me that 2014 comes along. Now we've got a lot more breweries around that are giving you that experience. It's not just the beer, it's the experience. And we, we've talked about that. That's how my, my first craft beer experience was, you know, joining my fellow, you know, uh, sailors, you know, crewmen at, you know, at the brewery, playing darts, playing horseshoes, playing volleyball, drinking beer, eating food, you know, having that, that experience of, of fun and good beer. And, and it just kind of like hit home that this is what I want to do. Instead of just going and drinking and getting drunk, I want to drink a drunk and have fun, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that, in that process, Mike, did, did you have a gateway beer that you would recommend to people? Uh, Maybe even just recommend to people or maybe someone uh, getting into in trying to get into craft beer. You know, I mean, I, I have talked to you guys before about Sierra Nevada mm-hmm. and just my love mm-hmm. for that company and just what they do and how they do it. Um, Pale Ale is fairly hoppy if you've grown up drinking Bud Light all your life. <laughs> but that said, it's still a lot more mild than some of the IPAs out there today. Yeah. So I really think a Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale is a great kind of first entry into the into craft beer myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can still be... It can be a, a challenge for them, but I think you're right. I think it's not as hoppy as the IPAs, and it it gives them a, a full range of what to what they can expect. Right? They can get that, yeah. that malt character in there. They can get the the hoppiness, and they can get the full feel. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Sierra Nevada is a lot of people's what they would recommend for a gateway beer. So you're not alone. Yeah. All right, Denny. Let, let's. Uh... Let's have you get on the uh, last four there. Okay. I always like to ask. Now, you know, you your craft beer journey really started to amp up six years ago. So you have six years. And in that time frame, I'm sure that you had some beer styles that you really didn't like, right? You didn't prefer these beer styles. And then maybe now that you've, a, you know, you've grown in your, your craft beer journey, you've, you know, some of these styles might have uh, improved on your, on your taste, but do you have a, a either a favorite style besides IPA? I mean, I'm sure you, it's not actually it's one not of okay, or, no. or or a least favorite, or if you have one of each, you can tell me what what each one is and and explain why this style is either uh, negative for you or a positive. So, as long as the beer is well made, I, I am going to like the beer. Um, okay. I say IPAs are not my favorite. I do like IPAs, but it, you know, if I'm looking at a tap list, it's not like, oh, there's an IPA. I'm going for that. <laughs> one. So I'm not that guy. Um, 
I really do like pretty much all styles of beer. Um, but if I had to pick just a single one that I would choose, probably either Scotch Ales, mm. um, not to be confused with Scottish Ales, but yeah. Scotch Ales no, no, yeah. or, um, or Stouts. I do love Stouts. So Okay. And no, and no, no uh, hated beers. No Gosh. real hated beers. I mean, some of the, um, I, I will say, so I, I do like sour beers. I know Chris, you're not a big sour beer drinker. At least you, you've been evolving in that, in that arena for, <laughs> for a while now. But um, I will say that like some sour beers, um, the original release of Sierra Nevada's Otra Vez, for example. Oh yeah. Yeah. To me, and I actually taste this at Chico, at the brewery. So, you know, if I'm tasting somewhere at an event or something, I'll kind of weigh that a little bit. I won't hold that against the brewery necessarily because I know how it's been handled when it got there. But yeah. if I taste something at the brewery and it's bad, then we've got a problem. Um, but I tried the original Ultra Vez at Chico, at the original Sierra Nevada Brewery. And to me, and I think it's just a chemical thing for me mm-hmm. in, in, in my taste buds, but it tasted like bile. I mean, it was disgusting. Oh, yeah. I yeah. could not handle that beer. And yeah, then that like, would be bad. the next year, they released like a lime version of it, a little bit different, a little bit different recipe. That one was great. Loved it. So every once in a while, I'll find one of those that just does not chemically mix with me. And, and mm-hmm. Ultra, the first Ultra Vez was one of those. Okay. I, I think I agree with you with the Ultra Vez. I think I had a similar feeling with that i need to go back and check my login but i think i i think the first one i i had an issue with and then like you said the lime one or whatever came after it was like a, a turnaround beer that was really yeah. really tasty and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with the beer there yeah. wasn't anything wrong with that first it was i had lots yeah. of friends that tasted it that loved it said it was great it's just for whatever reason chemically it did not work for me it's, it's like that one uh that one from uh dogfish head with the sequench Sequence, yeah. yeah, that's the that's, one that John uh, said. No, me too. I, I I tried it honestly based on that recommendation. Just going, all right, really? Does it really? T-? Yep. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it, it wasn't <laughs> until you guys mentioned it that I could then taste and like, yeah, I guess I can see where that is. But I actually like that one, right? It, it it seemed pretty smooth to me. It wasn't that bad. And I'm not a big Dogfish Head fan either. I mean, I think they do some beers well, but. For the most part, I'm just not, you know, into their thing. You know, they, they try to add all these funky stuff. And sometimes it works. Like that Super 8 Goza, that, mm-hmm. that one's fantastic. That one was great. I, I had a few of those. In fact, uh, Matt Knight sent me a, a can from uh, New York. But I had a couple here that, that they finally came to my area. And I love that beer. I mean, it's it's just unique, right? It, I mean, it had a, so much flavors going on in there that and it just had – it was just a nice uh, experience. So – yeah, some things they do I really enjoy. Uh, all the big giant fourteen percent, you know, stouts and stuff. Too boozy, or eighteen yeah. percent. The worldwide stouts, eighteen percent, right? <clears throat> something like that. It's like yeah, it's something ridiculous. Yeah, but- I had I had that at their at one of their pubs, and I I literally sipped it for three hours because I couldn't drink the whole thing oh, very yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you just got to let it sit for five years in a dark, cool place, yeah. and then it, you know. That's from what I, I, I really enjoyed that worldwide stat with vanilla that they did a couple of years ago. That mm-hmm. was that had I mean, even though they didn't like say it had chocolate, you know, obviously it had the roasty notes of a stout, yeah. but that was one of the most chocolatey beers I'd ever had. I, really? I loved that beer. I think that vanilla definitely helped add to that. Uh, it'll definitely vanilla will add, funnily enough, vanilla will add to a chocolatey flavor. Yeah, kind of brings it out. Yeah, because there's what's called vanillin yep. in chocolate. That comes from vanilla. Well, obviously, vanilla is a good supplier of vanillin. 
And uh, well, it's, hey, don't it's food science. Yeah, food, <laughs> food science. Food science. All right. So, Mike, what is your go-to beer? What beer that when you see in a store, you just have to grab a six-pack or twelve-pack or a case or or a, a pint that you just can't help yourself? You have a you have a beer that's just like your go-to beer. You just love drinking. Ah, uh, that's a tough call. So. I, you know, I've adopted the untapped way of life and I'm always wanting to try new beers, you know, so if I've got the option to try something I haven't ever tried before, I'm probably going to go there. Yeah. But, you know, after so long doing this, you run out of beers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they're yeah. continuing to make new ones all the time, but, you know, certain places just have a limited tap list. So um, I would say a couple of my go-tos are back again to Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. If mm-hmm. I'm looking at a tap list and I don't see anything that's really appetizing me, I'll grab that. Or having moved here to the Atlanta area, um, I really like Creature Comforts out of Athens, which is about an hour east of here. I really like their Tropicali, which is just a straight IPA. So it's a really good go-to beer as well. Okay. So for me, I love, same way, I love drinking new beers. So I always go out and grab things I haven't had. But I also keep staple beers in my fridge. Just when I just want to go grab a beer and not worry about about logging it or anything. I've already logged it before and I just want to drink a beer. Right. And I mean, do you have anything like that or do you always just have single beers of things you want to try? You don't have a six, you know, a six pack of like, for me, it depends on, you know, I'll go and have a six pack of black feet Porter from Deschutes or I'll have a six pack of mother earth Cali cream and ale, or I'll have a six pack of, uh, uh, you know, Payette's brewings, um, North Fork Lager or the Vienna Flyline Lager, right? There's certain beers I just love drinking where I want to, you know, I just want to have a beer that tastes great and I don't need to think about it. You, do you have anything like that that you just like grab a six pack as your daily drinker? So I really don't. And that's oh. a lot of that's because of both the move from Reno to Atlanta just over a year ago and COVID. So when I was in <laughs> Reno, you know, you buy a four pack and I had a lot of beer drinking buddies out there that were all very big into craft beer. So we'd trade up, you know, mm-hmm. so Okay, yeah. everybody buys a four-pack, and then we'll trade out, and everybody ends with one of each kind or whatever. Yeah, nice. But, like you know, that. living in Atlanta now for just a year in the era of COVID when it's not, you know, really reasonable to go out and do a lot of socialization, um, I'm buying a lot of four-packs, but only because I want to try the beer, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'll end up with a four-pack in the fridge and drink them over time. Okay, so. okay. Well, that works. That works. So, Denny, before you move forward on this, yeah. I posted posted the question on, on Facebook. Do you guys have a go-to beer? Um, Steve Korsman, which is uh, Florida Steve on Untapped, he said Cigar City High Lie or Boston Lager. And, oh, yeah. uh, okay. And I'll admit Boston Lager was probably one of my first getting mm-hmm. me into, into uh, craft beer. It's a lot of people's first, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That was my first. And then uh, Eric Gronley said, my go-to beer is Summit Brewing Keller Pills. Mm. Uh, it's the most delicious everyday beer and perfect to share with anyone. There you go. There you go. Nice <laughs> easy can't drinker. argue with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's a question that I love. And I, this is one you probably prepared for. I like to find out if people think about if they were to open their own brewery, what they would name their brewery. Or if you don't think about that, if you were to name a beer, like like a favorite beer style, whatever, like what would you name your beer if you could pick a name for a beer or a brewery or both? You know, I totally forgot about that. Oh, question. my God. Yeah. That one. <laughs> 
So I, uh, I know Chris is big into camping. I do a, a ton of hiking and backpacking and camping. Uh, it's one of my like big passions. Well, next week, actually. <laughs> Are you? Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, yeah, I, I'm constantly out on the trails, just, you know, climbing new mountains, doing that kind of stuff that I've never been to before. So, um, you know, not, not to toot his horn here, but I loved John's <laughs> Trek Brewing. I loved that name and kind of the, the graphical theme that he uses, which is kind of like trail oriented. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would probably, I, I haven't thought of a specific name, but probably something along the lines of that. Okay. Yeah. We, um, yeah. Tr- so I, I, at first, when I first heard of Trek, I was like, okay, that's interesting. I, I first thing I thought of is the bikes, right? Trek bikes. Mm-hmm. But then the more that John explained that the, the reasoning behind the coming up with Trek and then seeing the way that he, uh, picks the beer names and, and and the names all have themes around adventure, right? We talk about craft beer adventures, craft beer journeys, and what better name than to have Trek Brewing because it's an adventure, right? And you're on this trek, this adventure, and you're going and drinking. And what do you drink when you're on a trail? You're drinking canteen cream ale, right? He just released a new can art, or, or I'm assuming it's going to be can art. Maybe it's just a tap handle, but new art for his uh, canteen brewing or uh, cream ale. And it's a canteen on a, on a, a cliffside, a waterfall with the, with the beer coming out of the canteen down the waterfall. Ah, it's brilliant. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I saw that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'd love it. I, I love the thought behind <laughs> that. And, and you know, what better, what better beer to drink when you're on a trail than drink, you know, hiking a cream ale, then a cream Absolutely. ale, right. It's easy. It's going to quench your thirst. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I agree. Trek was a great name. Um, I, one of the logos that I fell in love with was from a local brewery here in, in Boise. Uh, it's, um, the, the brewery is Lost Grove Brewing, but their logo is the bottom of a, of a boot print. Oh, there it is. There's, there it is. Oh, you look, love technology. It is 12 awesome. ounce. So he, he, I didn't notice the 12 ounce until just now. So he is preparing for packaging. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and that's fantastic because I, I love that, uh, that whole scene. So there's the, uh, the scene of his, uh, canteen cream ale. So yeah, that's, that's freaking great. Yeah. yeah so, that's really good art. So I need to talk to John and find out if he, um, is like doing a, a portable canning s- system or if he bought one of those really small, canning systems that uh, people are buying now they, they they have some real small ones that that is are not too expensive you know 25 grand or so and allows small breweries like jim dandy they just bought one and i can't remember the name of it. it's from that weird name of you know like some kind of ro- you know uh, i don't know some kind of weird uh name uh canning company but uh you can buy uh you know a can you know a canning thing that can do you know 90 cans an hour or something right that uh, that can go ahead and give you some packaging options without you know spending 150 to a million dollars in a, in a packaging line right and i wonder if john's doing that i need to talk to him about it but uh, i do love that label so thanks for sharing yeah, that that's a good label that's a really good label that's that's definitely one i want to uh tear off of a can and put on a magnet yeah yeah, yeah. we'll get a chance to do that maybe <laughs> okay, so uh, oh, I was going back to so um, Lost Grove Brewing has uh, their their like logo is the bottom of a boot print, and it's it's like it's got a tree in there, and it's got it's like it's it's like really cool, and I don't have I don't have an example, but I, I fell in love with that, and then I I kind of like 
you know, thought, man, if, if Trek Brewing would have had this bottom of a boot print with Trek, you know, on there across the bottom or something. What I was the beer been... called? No, it's, it's, their, it's their logo. It's Lost oh. Grove Brewing. Go search for Lost, Sorry, Lost I, Grove. I, I'm in there. I, I'm getting Come it. on, man. But keep talking. I'm working on it. But uh, yeah, oh. so so that's what I, uh, if I would have brought my little metal, they they also, when they're opening, they had, uh, uh, you, you bought a metal pint glass and you can bring this pint glass, uh, yeah, the boot. So it has a tree in the, of course, now it's all. Oh, it takes you right to their but untapped you can, page. Yeah, just pop, just click that can real quick and you can see the, oh man. Come on, Chris, I'm, be professional. I'm freaking fired. But you see, it has like a boot print with a tree as oh, the yeah. treads in the middle. And I just nice. fell, I fell in love with that design. And I thought, man, wouldn't it would have been awesome if Trek Brewing would have had a similar Trek boot print you know, trekking through the woods, and you know, had collaboration you know. time. Just saying. Yeah. So, okay, I didn't mean to get sidetracked on that, but uh, all right, all okay. right. I, I will say, why I while I do love my craft beer, when I'm backpacking, beer is a little too heavy. So, you gotta go with something a little stronger, some scotch or whiskey or something like that. <laughs> a little more bang for the buck. Yeah, yeah. Gotta control that weight. That yeah, if you're carrying it, you better get <laughs> yeah. something big in so, there. So exactly. Oh no, but you're 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 putting it in a flask though, right? You're you're carrying yeah, a smaller much. amount, but you get a bigger bang for that sm- small exactly. amount. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I don't blame you there. I don't blame you there. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So something adventure like uh, any any beer names that you've thought about. Like like you don't homebrew, do you, Mike? I don't. I've helped a lot of friends homebrew yeah. over the years, but I've never actually like. Have, have you helped name any beers that you guys brewed together? Um, I actually helped one of the breweries. So when I was in Reno, I had a lot of brewer friends that actually worked at the breweries. And, um, when New England, uh, IPAs were first becoming a thing, um, one of my friends that's a brewer was brewer for uh, Tahoe mountain. Now she works for a place called Tentor out there. Um, she was kind of experimenting with New England IPAs. So me and some friends had brought in some Trillium and Treehouse from East and you know, brought it out to Reno. And we're tasting with her just to kind of let her figure out what, you know, it was and how to make a New England IPA. And uh, we started talking about what to name it because she was going to attempt it. And she ended up making a really good one. Well, we ended up naming it the Mayor of Midtown. So Midtown Reno is kind of the kind of the little artsy craft beer area of mm-hmm. Reno. And uh, my buddy that was kind of involved in this with me used to be the sales rep for Southern. Uh, and those were all of his accounts. And he's just that, you know, kind of, shake the hand, kiss the baby type guy. And so he had the name, the mayor of Midtown. Oh, okay. And okay. since he was involved, we just kind of named the beer, the mayor of Midtown. Yeah. So it worked out. It was actually a really good beer. And, and it actually rivaled like Trillium and, and Treehouse's stuff. Oh, good. For, for new IPAs. Oh, good. So she did a great nice. job with that. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, let's shop the hook with that one. Now comes the final question. We always like to ask our listeners, and this is how do you rate your beers by overall enjoyment or by enjoyment according to the style. So Denny, you're right on this one. Yes, I'm right. <laughs> so remember, I, I did do my certified Cicerone a couple years ago. So ah. I've studied all this stuff and I don't necessarily <laughs> use it for a lot, but you know, um, if the brewery labels it a certain style, I rate to that style. Mm-hmm. 
if it's like a hybrid or some undefined style, which a lot of stuff these days is. And yeah. how, how do I rate a German chocolate imperial stout? You know, yeah. I can't rate that against imperial stout. No, no. So I'll basically try to rate those against the description that the brewery gives. Okay. So if they tell me I should get these things, yeah. if I get those things, hey, better rating. Yeah. If I don't, then okay. And then if I don't have a description and they don't call it a particular style or it's not available, you know, where I can see it easily, then at that point, I'll rate to overall enjoyment. But okay. that's kind of my system. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's perfect sense. All right. <laughs> per- what, what, am I like the third person that agrees yeah. with you on that? Yeah. It's like, like yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, second. I, <laughs> there's been at least three besides me. All right. Oh, come on. Florida Steve couldn't agree more rate by style. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Steve. The way I think about it is if they set it as a style, the, the brewery I'm talking about, they right. call it a particular style. They're setting my expectation. And yeah. so I drink the beer. I expect it to be what that style kind of, you know, brings in, in, into my mind. Exactly. And if it doesn't, yeah. then it's a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I had a, uh, one of the local breweries here in Atlanta, uh, Cherry Street, had a, had, what was it? I want to say it was a Flanders Red that they were doing. I may be wrong about that. This is mm-hmm. a while back, and I had a few beers, but <laughs> they called it a Flanders Red, and it was more like a brown ale. And I'm like, mm. what is this crap? There's no sour <laughs> notes, no tart notes to this at all. Yeah, Oud Bruins and, and Flanders Reds are two of my very favorite styles. So, yeah, that that didn't get a very high rating. And they make good beer. That's nothing yeah. against the brewery. It was a tasty beer. It just was not what they set my expectation to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They should have adjusted the the style so people wouldn't be expecting what they. Nothing's worse than when you expect a certain style, and it's not that style, right? You you had expectations. I was like in the like I'll drink beers with, for what I'm in the mood for, and if I want an imperial stout, and and it's an imperial stout that's just an imperial stout or a Russian imperial stout, nothing extra. I want to make sure that that beer is an imperial stout, not. An English barley wine, right? I love yeah. English barley wines, but don't tell me it's an English, it's an imperial stout when it's an English barley wine, which brings me to oh, a beer geez. I just had. <laughs> Before you get into that yeah, beer, yeah. Steve Korsman said you label it a New England IPA, it better be hazy and citrusy. <laughs> exactly. Which is my problem with a certain brewery that I don't believe in. And and you know what, Mike, I I. I agree with you, right? If they're going to name it New England Hazy, you're right. It has to ha- it has to meet those qualities. And if it's if it doesn't, then then yeah, it could be uh, it could be a chance. I still love that brewery's beer, although I have cut back on. I used to or, you know grab everything that came in. I'd I'd grab it, and then now I'm being very selective because I, for, I'm getting kind of burnt out on New England I or. Hazy IPAs. I won't call it New England. I'll say hazy IPAs. And I, in, unless that hazy has something a lot different than what every other hazy has, and especially from this brewery, because a lot of their hazies taste a lot alike, then I'm just, uh, I'm kind of passing and, 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 and going for things that, that have a unique flavor now. But, uh, uh, I was going somewhere with something, and I totally I got sidetracked with the. It was you naming know, an IPA. In that brewery's defense, I do want to mention that I have the utmost respect for their brewing ability. They do make very very good beers. It's just that particular issue with them labeling stuff New England IPA or yeah. any IPA, yeah, could be Northeast. You know, depends on who you talk to. True, um, it's but, but it's not Northeast. On, <laughs> yeah, early on they had no citrus to them, and there were some other 
practices that that brewery has done that I'm aware because I used to live about two miles from that brewery mm-hmm. and was up there fairly often. Yeah. Um, some other practices that they, you know, do that just I didn't I didn't really care for that. Yeah. I'm actually acquainted with the owner and not a bad guy, but just some of the stuff kind of was not what I like. So I just. I'm not naming them because I don't want to. No, we won't name them. We won't name them. But um, have you had, I mean, they, I was shocked at having some of the non IPA beers and it was like, yeah, incredible. The stout was like, like, I mean, incredible beer, the lager, I mean, an incredible lager too, which is completely different from a stout or an IPA, right? To, to be able well, to nail that style is like yeah. incredible. So. I've never had a lager from them. Um, I've had their stouts, and I do think they make outstanding West Coast IPAs. Mm-hmm. Does the uh, does the brewery does the brewery name rhyme with Schmivision? <laughs> it, it might. It might. <laughs> okay. Come on, man! We're not calling anyone out. I'm not calling <laughs> anyone out either. Uh, <laughs> all right, so. I think we finished. I think we uh, we pretty much. Oh, oh! I know what I was going to say. I was going to say. Uh, I was going to quickly say that um, I had a a very good beer. I'm not going to talk about my new noteworthy because it it wasn't a noteworthy beer, but it's it's still noteworthy enough to mention it. And I thought this might be a good opportunity to mention it. Guinness put out a couple beers that were special release, uh, eleven ounce bottles of Imperial Stout. Um, and one was an uh, an imperial stout by itself with barrel age, and another one was an imperial stout that was gingerbread spiced. Oh. Um, and I got kind of ripped off on the gingerbread price. I paid ten dollars. I didn't realize it was ten dollars. I think they double charged me for this beer because it, everywhere else people are saying it's like four fifty a bottle, but I paid ten dollars. That's what I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I paid ten dollars, which kind of pissed me off. So, but the problem. Did, so, Mike, you had this beer. Yeah, I had both had both of them actually. So, um, tell me if I'm totally off. But again, you're a man that likes to uh, see a style and then want to experience that style. And when I see an imperial stout with some gingerbread, I want to have a thick, rich, uh, malty stout with some gingerbread spices, ginger and some you know some nutmeg spices in there to give it that gingerbread character. And what I got was a light, uh, lightly colored, uh, maybe ma- maybe mahogany. If I if I'm stretching, it's mahogany color. It might be a little <laughs> bit lighter than that. Um, no malt. I mean, no uh, roast character to it at all. Zero roast. Good, nice, good gingerbread character. Um, but to me, I'm drinking this beer, and I, and I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that man, this is a fantastic English barley wine. With with ginger spices in it because it was thinner. Yeah, it had the body of a barley had, wine. More than bar- the stout. Yeah, and it tasted like a fantastic. Now, if it was a, if they would have told me this was a barley wine, I would have gave this a higher rating because that's what that beer was. But because they told me it was an imperial stout, it was the furthest thing I could even imagine an imperial stout being. And I haven't. I have the other. The I have the the real imperial stout one without the flavor. I haven't tried that one yet because I was so disappointed in this one as far as being a stout that uh, I haven't, you know, sucked up and done the other one, but um, <laughs> I, I rated it three, I, I rated it, like, I think, I think three and, a, and three quarter rating. Two, two reasons. One, because I paid way too much for it. And two, because, <laughs> because it wasn't an Imperial stout. Now, if they would have 
told me it was an English barley wine, I would have given it at least one cap. I would have given it four and three quarters cap and knocked off a quarter cap for the price reaming that I got. But I, I couldn't rate it to the style because it wasn't an imperial stout. Now, what do you think? Did, did you think this was an imperial stout? So I definitely agree with you as far as like the body of the beer. It was much thinner than when the imperial stout should be. Um, you know, when I caught the adjuncts on there, the gingerbread mm-hmm. spice, it kind of just, uh, it took me out of imperial stout. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't even really looking for that necessarily. I was more listening, kind of, you know, tasting for the gingerbread and the cinnamon and the nutmeg mm-hmm. and stuff. And I definitely got that. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed the beer. Yeah, me too. Uh, I enjoyed I it. did think it was pretty good, but I agree with you. I mean, it was... You know, I can't say what their actual malt bill is for that beer. I mean, presumably they're using an actual Imperial Stout malt bill. But as far as like if I were judging that at a, at a contest or something, it, it would be more in the barley wine category. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, it wouldn't win an award in the style it was presented in. There's no way it no. couldn't win. <laughs> so. Not for a stout, no. Yeah. No. Okay. I just had to get that off my chest because I didn't have another opportunity to talk about it until uh, until we here. <laughs> All it'll right, be, let's. It'll be two fifty an hour for your therapy <laughs> session. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Um, before we get on any further, I always like to uh, do a little bit of a shout out to to our Patreon supporters. This episode is brought to you by, or at least in part by, our satisfied Patreon supporters like. Mr. Mike Allen, right here with us today, and William Slimmer, who are our virtual producers. And, of course, Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Hauberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Massa, and Mark Church, who want to buy us a virtual beer. Thank you, guys. We love our, our virtual beers. And if you enjoy the content that we provide, we invite you to also support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tapthecraft. Whew. All right. And uh, we don't have, I mean, I, I, I'll mention, I don't have it written in our, our notes. We did get a, an email this morning, or maybe it was last night, but I read it this morning from William Slimmer, our one of our virtual producers. And he was trying, he went to our website and he went to our Facebook page. He was trying to find out, a, you know, when we record so he could join us on our virtual um, Facebook, well, our, actually not virtual, we're actually doing it, right? This is our live Facebook uh, mm-hmm. recording. Now, do we have any way of knowing if William is on the? We don't have any way uh, of knowing. Do I we? did see his name pop up on our feed uh, okay. a little, a little while ago, and okay. I will, uh, I, I will admit um, to a handful of people that are that are on here, guys. I'm sorry that we've recorded while the Buckeye game is going oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a national championship, but who cares? It's it's Ohio easy, State easy, and easy. Alabama. I could, I don't easy. care less. <laughs> You might. I would, sorry, if you I would have cared, not. I would have postponed the show to tomorrow. But because Mike and I don't care, right? You care, Mike? No, I don't follow college sports at all. Well, okay, I do look, follow I college sports. I don't but. either. But I also had 14 people, it feels like, reach out to me and go, but it's during the Buckeyes game. Uh, well, don't listen to the commentary. The, the commentary is probably horrible anyway. Just listen to us and then uh, watch the game, I guess. Or put us in picture in picture. Yeah, I'll pull up YouTube TV. We'll put the game on and we'll we'll stream it right through this this freaking. Uh, that might yeah, really right. kill our bandwidth. Or that might also oh be gosh. we might be violating some uh, some copyright stuff too. That wouldn't yeah, be so, good. So funny enough, I tried to do that. Um, 
I, I think right before Christmas, I tried to do just a quick Zoom meeting. I think it was, a, hey, I'm having a beer out on the back porch. Come join me. And I was watching A Christmas Story. Okay. And, and I uh, I started watching it on my laptop, and I clicked share screen, and the, and the Zoom was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. The whole screen was black, and it was I was just slightly okay. disappointed. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, I joined you on that call. It was you, you and me. It was you. And, yep, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, so yeah. we had a we had a no one else cares. It's just Denny. Yeah, I'm here for you, man. Mm-hmm. It, it's a good thing I grabbed that second beer because the uh, the Holmes Deep is gone now. So <laughs> nice being prepared, being prepared. Nice. All right. Well, um, so William Slimmer was looking to find out if we have a calendar of that, that tells us when we're recording, so he could be prepared, more prepared to be ready when we record. And you know what? We didn't until today. Uh, so after I got that, I went ahead and on the website, I created a calendar and I put in two months worth of recording and release schedule for the show. Now these are tentative as of right now, um, in February, the first, I haven't talked to Chris yet, but I'll talk to him about, I, I might have <laughs> to re, right re, readjust the recording for, for that, uh, first episode in February, because I, I want to bring on a friend of mine, um, who was a former, who was also a former, uh, submariner. Uh, to, to talk talk beer. He's home brewing. He's drinking beer. We have a lot in common. Now, I haven't decided if we're going to do that as a full show or if I'm going to do that as a as a half show. Like just he and I get together because mm-hmm. I don't want Chris to be bored out of his mind if we start talking Navy stuff. That's okay. Um, like, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll figure out what's going on. And by the way, William Schlemmer is still on here, and he okay. said I had no idea that Ohio is slash <laughs> was playing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. I love it. Okay. So, um, so I do have a calendar on there and what I did is, is, um, if you go all the way to the bottom of the homepage, that's where the calendar lies with a nice little image behind it. Um, but I do have a link at the very top of the page that will take you to the calendar with not so pretty image, uh, that you can easily see when our uh, schedule is for the next, uh, Mm. Oh, look at Chris go. Whoa. Crap. (laughs) Wow, Alabama's winning. Good. That's not okay. So look, it's it. We're like what halfway through the second quarter. We'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's it's a close game. At least that's at least it's close. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. So well, so so thank you, William, for writing in. Um, now we have a calendar. I don't know what Chris can do on the Facebook page. He's in charge of that. But I took care of the web page for you, so you can go to the web page and and check it out. I've I've got an idea. Okay, well, I'll let you think about that, and we can announce it when we get that thing make, going. Make myself a note here, <laughs> or post-it notes. But uh, but that was pretty much the comment. I mean, I think John made a couple comments to us on uh, on texting. I and I forget. I, I I don't remember if it was this last episode or the episode before when I mentioned about the twenty. I, I mentioned Dr Pepper, and I <laughs> I accidentally said twenty seven or whatever. I don't know how many flavors are in Dr Pepper. I don't drink Dr Pepper. And he corrected us with 23 flavors. Is that correct, Chris? 23? Oh. You don't know? We don't know. We, I, we just, I was just talking out look, of my butt, fine. right? That's fine. Here we go. You can look it as, up. But... As, as Joel would say, this is my Google face. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so John has, you know, inter, you know, interacted and uh, made some comments, but that doesn't count. He's, you know, he's 
part host, so I, it's I 23. can't take it. 23. 23, 23 flavors. It's not 27, yeah. Denny. Yeah. Well, whatever. But yeah, I laugh. Yeah, guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you would like to correct us from our incorrect data that we're putting on the show, you can do that easily. Eric can... Gronley did it for us. He said 23, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can leave your comments and questions uh, through email, like William did. Just email us at taptocraft at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram. Just follow us at taptocraft and feel free to leave those comments on our Facebook page at facebook slash or dot com slash taptocraft. And of course, come visit our, our webpage, taptocraft.com. It's I'm updating it, you know, weekly with new stuff on there. So come and check it out. I, I got the blog going a while ago, but I only have three posts. I need to do another post for that. I've got, uh, uh, the calendar going now. We got videos. We got the, you know, the podcast. I even got a little shopping thing. So if you want to find a few gifts that we uh, recommend that you guys try, you can do that. We also have our Amazon banner link that you just click that and go buy your stuff on Amazon, and we get a few pennies per item that you buy. And you know what? Before you know it's the end of the year, those pennies might add up. So go ahead and those pennies that do way. add up. They do add up. Yeah. I bought some more stuff today, Denny. Oh, awesome, Chris! Man, you're supporting us pretty pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I needed I needed some some new a new stand for my monitors, and I needed the attachments to make the computer monitors attached to the stand. So, okay. man, you're getting fancy. I saw that you bought a, a light too. Is that was that you? I did. Yeah. yeah, I assumed it was you because you're getting your whole podcasting video setup going here with a big mm-hmm. old fancy movie light. Yeah, yeah, it's uh well I mean you saw what it was and I, I bought it and I'm going, Man, do I really need this thing? And I sat for a second and I went Mm-hmm. Yep, I certainly do. Click Well, you got the green screen. Man, you're all I got is a bunch of beer bottles in my background. I, I you know, I don't have the fancy greens, but I don't need a green screen. I've got the best green you, screen. You really do. This <laughs> this is great, right? Thank you to the Mandalorian. That's great, but yeah. I can't, I can't compete with that. That's yeah. time and effort and your LED lights. And by the way, oh, I didn't turn them on yet. Oh, oh man. How could I forget to turn the lights on? Amateur. And liver too. Don't forget that's liver. That's yeah. Liver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So now the lights I, are on. Now it's complete. So the, uh, I don't know if it showed up in our purchases for what I bought, but I bought a set of LED lights, kind of like what you have under your shelves there that I can control with my Alexa. Oh, nice. And I built a table about, I built this coffee table thing about seven, eight years ago mm-hmm. that the dogs can go in. It's all nice. I put the LED lights inside so you can mm. say, and I call it the grotto. So if you say, oh, Alexa, yeah, turn on grotto. the grotto lights. They come on. So, so I also, I also have quite a few smart switches and things in my house. Again, we're getting sidetracked, but Hey, this is important. Like I have the front lights hooked up to a smart switch that I don't have to worry about ever turning them on and off. I like to have lights outside to keep the burglars away. Right. Yep. It automatically goes and it's set to turn on at sunset and turn off at sunrise. I don't, or yeah, I don't have to worry about it. It just does it. I love it. And I have a smart switch that we, or a plug that we use for our Christmas tree. Sarah just has to say, Alexa, turn on tree and boing, the tree comes on. Well, that thing should have done that on its own (laughs) when you bought it 15 years ago. Hey, 
Hey, the small, the small things that make all right, life easier. All right. <laughs> all right. Eric Gronley said, I got your back, guys, when it comes to the 23. <laughs> Thanks for the verification, Eric. Couldn't, you know, it's uh, with the help of our listeners that help us take care of this whole thing. All right, Chris. Well, drink up because you guess what time it is. It's, it's time for. It's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to untapped. So we're going to start out. Let's see. It goes from one day ago to five hours ago. All right. If that's what it says, Kevin Page is going to be our first one on the Untapped the Craft segment. He's drinking an apparitional disintegration by Burial Beer Company. Checking into the Untapped at home. And he's drinking this, Denny, out of one of his B cups. Oh, nice. You can't go wrong which he didn't there. Buy, he didn't buy from our link, by the way. Kevin, come on, man. Kevin, what the hell? I thought we were friends. pissing us off. Thought, we, yeah, you don't want That's to support fine. the show. Come on, man. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, during the apparitional disin- disintegration by Burial Beer Company, uh, four and a quarter caps for that beer, and his comments were just bored. Put it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Wait. Before we go on, Mike, do you do you get burial in your area? We do not get it, oh. but my in-laws live about 45 minutes north of Asheville, so we are up that way quite often. Mm-hmm. So even if it's only a matter of placing an order and picking it up as we pass through Asheville, I do get burial pretty often these days. Okay. How far is burial, for, or how far is Asheville from you guys? Uh, it's about three hours. It's about three and a half to my, my in-laws. Okay. Uh, it's about three hours from where we're at. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. That's the like distance that. from here to my daughter in Pocatello, which is where yeah. Jim Dandy is, which I drive to go there just to drink Jim Dandy beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. And burial is good stuff. Burial does yeah, yeah. yeah. They really do. All right. Next on the list is from Johan Halberg. He's drinking a hibernation ale 2020 by Great Divide Brewing Company. And uh, writes, got some serious amounts of snow today. And this is the perfect winter beer. Malty, sweet, a bit of spice and hops for balance. Great. Four and a quarter caps for that beer. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> next on the list is going to be Kevin Page again is drinking a Cosmos Pie by Tactical Brewing Company. Checking in at that untapped at home location again. Uh, three and three quarter caps for this beer. And he says, doesn't grow chest hair. <laughs> it looks like this one's a collaboration with uh dissolver as well mm. um next on the list is going to be jeff seiler jeff i i'm gonna have to just come to your house and uh hang out with you because i'm looks coming like to jeff's house like i'm coming in the to woods house. yeah right? i know he has a nice back porch looking in the woods all the time with his beers yep. yeah yeah i think we're gonna have Wait, to maybe anyway you, do you, maybe you camp in his backyard when you go camping yeah, I mean, and you know what, Mike? He's like right outside of Asheville. So. Oh well, hey Jeff, I'm on my way. <laughs> I'll be there in a couple um, hours. Is this the same beer that's in my new and noteworthy? I got no, it's a different one. Okay, just making sure. Um, all right, Jeff is drinking a double dry hopped double Simcoe Daydream by Other Half Brewing Company. He writes delicious hazy IPA from Other Half, tropical, creamy, and Oh, and so crushable. I almost put the O in there. Um, Four and a quarter caps for that beer. Uh, Next on the list is going to be scrolling, scrolling. 
Jeff, if you get this beer in your area, I'm going to be slightly upset. Jeff Seiler is drinking a Royal Fresh by Deschutes Brewery. Royal Fresh? If you're getting Deschutes at your place and I'm not getting it down here, I'm going to write my congressperson. Um, He's drinking it out of his B-cups, too. Delicious, hazy double IPA from Deschutes. Piney, juicy, and hides the 9%. Mm. Solid. Four and a quarter caps. Okay, I got to find that beer. I haven't had that one yet. Yeah, same. Uh, let's see. Tara Carlson is drinking a press one now to claim your free Caribbean cruise. High <laughs> tradition brewing company. A little heavy handed with the hops, she says. Pairs well with the pizza crust made with spent grains from one of Jim's brews. Found the grain way in the back of the fridge. Mm. Thanks for the beer, Martin K. Marty. Marty. Um, Marty. Uh, it's And that's a pretty cool can art, too, because it looks like the front of an iPhone. There's a decline and an accept button for the call. Um, three and three quarters caps for that beer. I love doing these. Continuing his check-in streak for Chalabasa. week number 62. <laughs> or show number 62 in a row. Chad Lamasa is drinking a Janina by Chesapeake. That looks like it spells Chesapeake, but it's spelled all funny. Mm. Anyway, uh, Chad, how do I say this? You're going to have to message me or something. Anyway, uh, picked this up at the brewery this past Saturday. Second time there in as many weeks. This is a fantastic Roush beer. Tons of smokiness, Mm. nice malt flavors too. Gave it five caps. That's saying a lot for a Roush beer. Yeah, yeah. If you have a smoked beer that's that's a five that's a good beer um i i think chad went out for a for a uh brew, brew cruise uh mm-hmm. on saturday because he had a couple of breweries and i was like salivating over some of the beers that he had on his flights i just wanted to try those really bad well he was in my uh so this place is in crofton which is about 15 minutes from where i grew up mm. so he he was in and around uh in and around my old stomping grounds so that's pretty cool william schlemmer is drinking a second setting by half acre beer company at the state street station it says easy easy drinking double ipa some pine notes along with some tropical fruit like a hazy double ipa four and a quarter caps for that beer um next on the list is going to be robert chew your beer drinking a bunny hill ipa by almanac beer company and he said this beer was a label buy from my wife she did good it's a not label one buy. of those yeah so the label must be good <laughs> yeah i mean it's um on the front of it it's uh i like the name bunny hill ipa so it's uh kind of the 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 pine trees and the evergreens and then it's just written in the snow bunny hill ipa mm. uh, pretty simple though yeah. uh which i like a lot uh the label art is pretty damn cool and he gave that four caps uh for that rating and i like your uh he's drinking it out of a pac-man glass mm. so the glass he's drinking out of is the board from pac-man let's see who's next on the list hmm mike allen mike allen Mike Allen, he's drinking a German chocolate Helm's Deep by uh, 2020 by Three Taverns Brewing. The fourth wall just got broken. <laughs> yep, it's gone. <laughs> yep. So, uh, he writes. I'll, I'll let me to model it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, can. I'll, I'll Vanna White it here. That's right. The description is right on. Oh, no. Where'd my screen go? Come on, man. Do- Professional. <laughs> 
<laughs> you calm down, Denny. I about had it out of you. There it goes. If you need All me right. to fill in a commentary, I can I can talk. Don't worry. There we go. So I've got the eh, whatever. The description <laughs> is right on something of a sugar bomb when it first hits the tongue, but the sweetness quickly mellows to allow the dark chocolate and hints of coconut to shine through. Probably not a good idea to age this one much more. Four and three quarter caps for that one. And hey. We'll give him a toast on that one because he tagged us both in it, Denny. I say don't age it because I had the 2018 at the brewery when I picked the bottle up and every all the other notes had it's faded yeah. after two years. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, next on the list is going to be Eric Gronley. He's drinking a Glasgow Kiss by Starry Eyed Brewing Company. Big multi-sipper. Really smooth chocolate, caramel, and dark fruit flavors. I had to look up the meaning of the beer. It's a Scottish soccer term for headbutt. Oh, really? Oh, I like that. Okay. I didn't know Glass- that. Glasgow oh. Kiss. Okay. Uh, four cap rating for that beer, which is pretty funny. I like that. Um, let's see. Next on the list, Tom Byrne is drinking a Isn't Life Just Sweet by Woodland Empire Alecraft. Oh. Forgot, he said he forgot to check this one in from a couple of weeks ago. Three and three quarter caps rating for that one what style was it can you tell me please i can certainly tell you that denny you just have to give me a few seconds to send the signal to space it's a pastry stout oh really okay Mm -hmm. yeah it's a pastry stout uh b-sides series pecan pie pastry stout okay i had a check-in let's see what else florida steve drinking a dawn keeper by there does not exist Light on the haze, he says, not on the flavors. Citrus, tropical fruit, and a little bitter note. Grapefruit peel, maybe? Thanks, mm-hmm. Tony. I uh, gave it a four and a quarter cap rating for that beer. And let's hit refresh to see if anything else pops up. That's it? Oh. Hang, hang on. Hang on. I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> we had Eric Gronley with the pineapple guppy from Pipeworks. The pineapple and citrus is here. Is the pineapple and citrus in here? is spot on and that's all i have to that's all i have to say about that uh four cap rating for that beer and mike i'm not gonna wait was that a forrest gump uh impression that was a forrest gump impression. <laughs> maybe a little bit that's all i have to say about that um mike drinking the barrel aged wicked whisper the maple version by moonraker oh, wow that looks fancy yeah the maple is strong with this one I actually got this one at their, uh, I think it was a third anniversary party a couple of years ago. I've been sitting on that one in the oh, pool for a while. Nice. What a wonderful time to break it out, yeah. too. Pretty tasty. Moonraker's a great brewery. I love those were, that was one of my favorite breweries uh, that we would visit about an hour and a half from Reno over near Sacramento. Okay. Yeah, yeah I thought it was a, a California brewery. I, I haven't been to Moonraker, but I've been to breweries in the Sacramento area uh, like I'm going to say probably six or seven years ago now, I think I was okay. in that area. So yeah, before they, like five years old. Yeah. Maybe. Before they, so I, I was there, actually, I was there the, the month or the, actually two weeks before uh, knee deep opened. So they are literally like a hundred yards from knee deep. Okay. And oh. if you don't know this, one of the founders of Knee Deep is the founder and owner of Revision. Yes, I know that. I, I mean, uh, Schmivision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stating facts, not opinions. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I do. I did know that because uh, I did listen to a few. I've listened to him on a few different podcasts, and I, I do enjoy hearing about his story and about 
you know the the whole process and stuff and but yeah i didn't i didn't know that but yeah so that that, that i don't remember so if we figured out when knee deep opened a month, like a, a week or two before they opened i was uh i toured that whole sacramento valley area and and went to lagunitas when they were still lagunitas and not uh you know yeah. owned by a big beer and and uh, which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes so i shouldn't i shouldn't spoil the uh <laughs> jump on the gun yeah yeah are we done chris that's what everybody's drinking. Okay. Now it's time for the brew buzz. But before we get started, is everyone good or they gotta take a you know, take a take a break here? Are you good, Mike? I'm good for the moment. Okay. So let's get into the brew buzz. And the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week we are discussing our virtual producer's topic, which is beercation destinations. So what we're gonna do is uh, I, I sent uh, Mike, I don't have any idea what Mike's got written down. Uh, he doesn't know what I have written down. Chris knows what I have written down. Chris has nothing written down, so that's okay. He's going <laughs> to fill in the blank. But uh, Off the cuff. Off the cuff. But uh, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Mike, I'm going to let you lead, lead the show here. And um, what I asked Mike to do is let's come up with the locations of where you think a great beercation destination would be. And some reasons why this is a good spot to go and some breweries you should visit and any extra activities that you might want to do while you're there too. Because a lot of times we don't go to beercation destinations typically just for the beer. Now that's the main reason, but there's other things you're probably doing too while you're there that may have brought you to that area and you're just going and, and, and checking out all the breweries while you're there. It's always good to have extra stuff to do. So that's what this whole flow is going to be. I'll let Mike... Um, you know, provide a couple things. We'll if if we've if Chris and I have been there and have some input, we'll we'll fill in some input. If we have questions, we'll ask the questions, of course. And then uh, you know, I'll fill in some of my locations. I know that Mike and I have some shared destinations, so we can easily talk about those destinations. And he already knows what my destinations are, so I'm sure he's not going to overlap purposely. If he does, it's okay. We'll just <laughs> combine it. So. We can jump into it. Yeah. Now. So. Mike, why don't you go ahead and start off with your first beercation destination? So, you know, you kind of mentioned this, and, and this is kind of key for me, in that when I'm kind of putting a trip together, um, rarely is it, not to say never, but mm -hmm. rarely is it just to hit the bridge. Usually, like, there's something going on to bring me to that city. And then while I'm there, I'm like, okay, well, I've got this one thing that's going to last three hours or something and two days to mm -hmm. hit breweries. So, you know, the, the one thing will, will bring me there. So I know this one was on your list too, Denny. So mm -hmm. I, I don't mean to steal your thunder here because a couple of mine probably are, but again, we can get into this. Um, Seattle was my, my first one that I was going to touch on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also so, my first one. So I have the most to say about this. So let's, we right. can, we can go ahead and bounce back. You go ahead and talk first. All right. Fair enough. So um, this would be about uh, three and a half years ago. I grew up listening to YouTube. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a guitarist myself, but played in bands in like high school and college. Um, but huge YouTube fan, especially Joshua Tree. Uh, back in 2017, they did their 30th anniversary of the Joshua Tree uh, release. They did kind of an anniversary tour and it hit Seattle. Well, at that point in time, my wife and I were living in Reno. I had never been to Seattle, but always mm -hmm. wanted to go. So I thought, hey, that's a great reason to fly up Seattle for a long weekend. So Took a day, took a Monday off, and went up for that concert, which was amazing. They played the whole album from beginning to end, and then along with some other stuff too. Um, I'm not going to remember the name of the football stadium up there, but they packed the football stadium in Seattle. Um, 
again, I forget the name of it, but um, great, great reason to be up there. But while we're there, you know, had to um, hit a bunch of breweries. And I believe I actually had pinged you and John Denny mm-hmm. um, on Facebook asking for recommendations because I know I think John lived there at the time or had recently moved out of there. Um, but I was looking for recommendations from you guys. So you guys gave me a few recommendations and I hit, I think everything you guys recommended and then some, um, we hit Rubens, mm. which love Rubens brews. Great, great beer. Um, ghost fist, which it, they do, um, gluten-free beers, mm-hmm. which I've never had very good luck with, but those are by far the best gluten-free beers I've ever had. Uh, we had cloudburst Georgetown, had lunch at Brewers <laughs> cafe, which has this amazing list that actually, I think we happened to be there in Seattle's craft beer. We didn't know that, oh. when I planned the trip. but Brewers Cafe, we were there on like their sour day. So they had all of these sour flights that you could do. So we did a bunch of sour flights, got a couple of like cellar beers. Cause they've got this like refer- like beer cooler that goes from here to eternity um, that you can order all kinds of age stuff out of. So got a couple of beers out of there. And then my wife loves mead. So mm. while we were up there, in addition to the breweries, we had a couple of meaderies, Opagard and Iceir. Um, and I think we had a third one too, but I couldn't for the life of me remember the name of it. But really, really good time. Loved Rubens, loved Cloudburst, loved Ghostfish. Um, Brewers Cafe was just amazing stuff. Great food and the beer there, just what they had available. Not a, it's not a brewery, obviously. It's just yeah. a, a tap room slash restaurant, but um, really, really amazing beer there. All right. Okay, so I I will agree. My number one beer-cation spot that I recommend people go. Now, this is weird because it's Seattle, right? You just said, why go to Seattle? You don't think of Seattle as being the place you want to go to, but there's so much to do in that area. Um, For one thing, there's a ton of breweries downtown, outskirts, just in the towns just outside of Seattle. I mean... You can do a lot of you know brewery tours wherever you're at in Seattle. Um, there's also a number of festivals, brewery um, like uh, beer festivals that go on year round at different parts of the year. The Washington Beer Association, I think, is what it's called. John's probably correcting me because he lived there, so he knows what what it is. But they hold some really nice beer festivals, and I went to a couple of them when. I was going, you know, for a while I was going to Seattle about twice a year to visit John and and do these festivals and and do stuff. And I really, every time I went, I I just had a great time. And so if you want to go and you want to time it like like you did by accident and at, at the Craft Beer Week and you actually hit a spot that you can taste some unique, special one-off beers that you're not going to see anywhere else. I think I went to the one of the anniversary um, festivals they had. And again, all these beers were were one one off beers that you know were never produced before, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, and then not only beer drinking is fantastic there, but there's a lot of other stuff you can do while you're there outside of drinking. And the scenery is beautiful. I mean, come on, you have to admit everywhere you look around, you've got Mount Rainier, you've got the mountains, you know, right to the the east of of Seattle, you've got the Sound. Uh, if you happen to get a high up, if you're in downtown Seattle and you or and you get a high up uh, hotel room, you've got the beautiful Puget Sound and and uh, Lake Washington and all these lakes and islands. If it's not foggy and and overcast, it depends. But I mean, it's beautiful. There's lots of outdoor activities. Now, I lived in Washington State when I was in the Navy. I was across the Sound at uh, Banger Sub Base there, 
And we would come to Seattle all the time and do activities and stuff. I actually hiked Mount Rainier several times, the Carbon, the Carbon uh, Canyon Creek, Carbon Creek Canyon or whatever stuff. I've gone to the glacier. I've stopped at the glacier. I never went all the way up to the top of the glacier. You have to have special gear for that. But I've hiked all over Mount Rainier. I've hiked all over uh, the Olympic Mountains, which is further to the west of Seattle. Um, I've hiked and done all kinds of stuff when I was living in that area back in the 90s. And I, I love the beauty of the green, uh, evergreen forests uh, and stuff. It's really beautiful. Um, you already mentioned most of the breweries that I said. Ruben's Brews is my favorite. I, I've gone there a number of times and I've tried, an, I mean, 50 beers or more, and I've never found a bad beer. They're from styles, from sours to lagers to English beers to New England IPAs to you know big stouts, whatever it doesn't matter. They do all the all the styles fantastic. If you go to Seattle, you have to go to Rubens. Mike already mentioned that Cloudburst, another small little brewery that no one's going to know about unless you go there and experience some great beers they have, fantastic IPAs, and it's right there near Pike's. Place Market, which everyone goes to Pike's Place Market because that's like a, a known landmark. And while you're at Pike's Place Market, you better go to Pike's Brewing. I've, you know, every time we go to Seattle, we eat at Pike's Brewing because it's, uh, you know, it's it's a landmark, right? And and it's close by, and and we enjoy. It. So you got to go there. Fremont Brewing. Did you did you go to Fremont while you're there? You know, I was. I, I think we did. I was looking through my check ins, and I didn't see it, but I'm pretty sure we went to Fremont. Yeah, because we hit like. 13 breweries and meters while we were there over like a three-day weekend. We hit a shit ton. Yeah, yeah. Fremont is another brewery that you must go to if you're going to be in that area. It's in the Fremont area, which just north of Seattle. Well, it's in Seattle, but just the north area. Um, fantastic. I mean, I talk about the Dark Star. I'm going to talk about several beers for our new Noteworthy that I had that were aged over several years. I mean, they make great beer, so you got to go there. You mentioned Ghost Fish. Um, Ghostfish is a gluten-free brewery that you would never know is gluten-free yeah. by drinking their beer. That's how good their beer is. I mean, it is yes. fantastic. I've gone there. I, I mean, we're still buying now. Ghostfish uh, distributes to Boise, so we, you know, I'm able to get some of this beer for my wife. Um, the Watchstander Stout is fantastic. It's a uh, GABF award winner. The the um, a grapefruit IPA is really good. They also have one that they did as a uh, as a uh, earning money for trails and stuff called the, I don't know, it's, it's some other IPA that my wife's absolute favorite beer. She loves drinking that one. And they make great beer. And then one other beer that, that's outside of Seattle, but while you're there, and this is a brewery I have not had a chance to visit yet, but I so much want to because the owner literally is the guy that got me into craft beer and that is uh chucking up brewing in bellingham which is just north of seattle they do all lagers um award-winning lagers but thomas kemper he's this is the kemper part of thomas kemper um that's the first brewery that i drank craft beer from next to the sub base that i was at and it is still ingrained into my soul that that experience and that beer is what drove me to drinking craft beer back in the in the early '90s, and I absolutely loved it. So he he started this other, you know, he went and did you know, course uh, correspondent, not correspondence, but uh, he helped other breweries start up, and now he came back and he opened this brewery, and 
And I need to visit. And when I go back to Seattle, we are going to visit next time because I, I've got to try that brewery. Um, some activities. I, I'm going to go deep into Seattle because I've done the most of Seattle. The other stuff we're not going to talk as deep in unless, of course, Mike, you have a lot of deep stuff to talk about. But I mentioned Pike's Place Market. You got to go there and just experience the in the fish market and also the crafts. There's uh, so many artists that go and sell their crafts there. And the crafts are fantastic. We we leave there every time we go. I've got two bags of stuff that I'm hauling back with me because my wife, you know, can't help but buy some fantastic, um, you know, arts and crafts from there. So it's it's great. You're gonna have to go to the Space Needle. I, I mean, you don't have to eat dinner up there, but at least go and get you know get reservations and go up to the top and just get the scenery. It's fantastic. It's worth the trip. Um, there's also now, Mike, you're. You know, you're a big music guy, right? I, I know Chad Lamas is a big music guy, but you're also a music guy. And if you're going to go to Seattle, I recommend going and checking out that uh, ex- the EMP, the Experience Music Project. Um, it's like a pop culture museum. Um, they have so many guitars. They have like a whole room devoted to um, uh, Jimi Hendrix guitars and uh, all these famous guitar, you know, uh, musicians' guitars, and they usually have some kind of special event. Like when we went to it, um, they had a Star Wars ev- uh, expedition up top where it had all the costumes and, and stuff from from the original Star Wars movie. And my wife is a huge Star Wars fan. So we had to go and, and see that. But you see the, you see the main exposition, but then you go down and see all the stuff that's there all the time. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's a little bit expensive to get tickets to get in. But um, if you are a music fan, I think there's stuff you'll really oh, yeah. enjoy. So that's another spot that I recommend. You mentioned, again, you don't know the stadiums, but there's two new, brand new stadiums, a baseball stadium and a football stadium. So go see a Mariners game or go see a Seahawks game if you want to see a professional sports and then go drink beer while you're not doing that. While you're at the stadiums, there's now, again, it's not, quote, craft brewing, but Elysian Brewing has a pub right there at the stadium, like you know, in the, in the area there. And I've gone and eaten there and drank there. And it's, it's still, even though they're no longer craft, it's still good beer, good food, and very good service. And that's the key because they could have given up that service and they didn't. They treated my wife like a queen uh, with all of her food allergies and sensitivities. They just bent over backwards to make sure she had a fantastic meal. And that means the world to, you know, to me. So so I, I still have a sweet spot for a lesion. Um, we, we did hit a lesion while we were there. And um, I think that was right after AB bought them, mm. um, literally like a month or something after they bought them. Because I was kind of like, you know, you know, I, I'm not big on supporting big beer. I, I yeah. would prefer to support craft, but we were there. So I, I remember the beer being good. I, I don't yeah. think we ate there, but we did actually go there for the, some beer. Yeah. Yeah. The Yeah. We, like I said, the food's good and the beer's good. I, I mean, both. And, and and like I said, the service that that's the key, right? Having them treat you with with uh, like you're special that that means a lot, and especially in this day and age when it's you know when so many times you're just you know you're just going in another body and they just want to fill that seat with some other body. Uh, that wasn't the case. Um, some more cultural stuff that I that when we lived over there that that Sarah and I loved. Um, we went to the Seattle Philharmonic Orchestra. We went to the Northwest Symphony and the Pacific Northwest Ballet. Um, they have a lot of cultural stuff there that we just fell in love with. And we would go and see shows. And and and, and so if you're into that stuff, you're not going to – I mean, these are fantastic performers. You'll, you'll enjoy it. And then 
uh, I'm a huge art fan also. And the Seattle, Seattle Art Museum is fantastic. I've gone there a number of times. They always have one floor that is special exhibit that, you know, Seattle is one of those spots where, you know, these special exhibits may only stop at four spots in the U.S. Seattle is one of the spots they stop at. And you might get a chance to go see uh, an exposition that you wouldn't have been able to see elsewhere. And I, I love that museum. It's it's a small building, but it goes straight up like seven floors. And every floor has a different uh, type of um, of art in there. And it's it's cool. Um, and then, of course, take a ferry ride. Uh, go see some, uh, they have whale cruises where you can go see you know, orca whales, you know, going and porpoising and you can see dolphins. You can go out and do fishing trips. And I, I mean, it's, it's on the water. So go out there and of course, uh, enjoy the seafood that you can get. Um, and one other thing I want to mention that's, uh, that's great is that you don't have to stay in town where it's expensive to get a hotel. You can, they have a fantastic transit system that allows them to that for you to stay outside of city limits where it's cheaper, where you might you might only pay two hundred dollars a night instead of four hundred dollars a night for a room, and then take the the light rail right into downtown where all the breweries are, and and then they have a bus system that'll take you. You buy one pass, you can get down. You can just ride the system all day, and um, that's what's great about it. I I've never actually stayed in Seattle proper. We've always stayed outside and just come in and taken the the transit system in and. And I recommend you do that for all the big cities. Like D.C., same thing. We stayed outside of D.C. and we rode the transit in. And then we didn't have to worry about driving back and forth. It was just like easy access in and out. Um, all right. Chris, have you ever been to Seattle? <laughs> I haven't been to Seattle. <laughs> I was just thinking about, though, kind of with the uh, with kind of how you mentioned, hey, you could go and utilize the public transportation and you mentioned dc the metro is you know you could stay in an area like bethesda or Mm -hmm. or you know alexandria and and get into into the dc area rather quickly yeah and kind of on the cheap too yeah 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 sarah and i bought the the card right oh at the card's free we put we put the money on the card and we just you know we just literally rode the transit into dc did our stuff and rode it back and then you didn't have to worry about fighting that traffic getting out of downtown, right? I uh, I had driven down into D.C. my first trip into D.C. not realizing how I'm bad sorry. the traffic was. And I actually got – I missed my turn and I went all the way to Rock Creek or whatever, some, mm-hmm. you know, off some – Rockville. No, yeah, yeah, there's nowhere to turn around for like miles. And I ended up going way out of my way and coming back. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So after that, I just started taking transit. And it was yeah. the best way. So while you guys were uh, talking about just Seattle, we had a handful of people chime in on places that they would like to go or they have gone for beercations. We've got Phoenixville, PA. Jim, I'm curious to know what's in Phoenixville, PA. Um, <laughs> Portland, Maine, Pittsburgh, PA. Asheville has come up a couple of times. Wilmington, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Tenet, uh, Knoxville, Athens, Georgia. All right. Um Greenville, North, uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, Eric Gronley's taking a trip to Arkansas, uh, but making a pit stop in Kansas City. There you go, okay, Mike. Kansas City, yeah. I can see going to Kansas City for some beer, but Arkansas? Is there Arkansas, beer in Arkansas? Like, they're going there for a friend's <laughs> wedding in May. Right. Bring your beer uh, with you. Bring your beer with you. <laughs> uh, Eric also said Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Chicago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people have definitely said Asheville. Steve yeah. Korsman, Tampa. 
I'll buy your first beer. Yeah. Um, Asheville, San Diego. That's a Asheville good... may come up again, just saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Matthew Laney said, Freem IPA is always one of my faves. And I said, anything from Freem is definitely a, uh, definitely great. Freem um, is my favorite Oregon brewery, brewery I think. Yeah. And that's they, saying a they, lot because I drink a lot of Oregon beers over my years. And it's my favorite. Um, and then... Jim Kudzall said, Knoxville, Tennessee, most draft beers were in the $4 range per pint. So I know where we're going next. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a lot of good. I mean, there's a lot of good places there that we are probably not going to talk about all of them. But those are some good spots like Pittsburgh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did go to Pittsburgh uh, when I went that made that Trek uh, brewing trip. Uh, Amanda Argauer, uh, you know, and, and Kevin, they treated us like like we were royalty and and we only there was like a lot more breweries we could have visited but man we visited some good breweries but there's still i want to go back and visit more breweries there because Mm -hmm. it's a really good and i was so surprised at how they fixed up pittsburgh over the years when i was there in the 80s pittsburgh was a dump man i i went there and i said i am never coming back this place is scary (laughs) dirty it was like all this like coal smog was like like over my head, I'm like, oh, this is not fun. When I went there and visited them and we stayed there for a few days, man, I fell in love with that that town. And yeah, I want to go back for sure. Okay, Chris, how about you give us a, a spot that you want to talk about? Because maybe Mike wants to talk about it too. Yeah, so I know one of the big places that that we have gone recently. Well, I don't know. It's been, geez, it's been three years now. <laughs> uh, it might even be four. Uh, Asheville. Mm-hmm. Right. So many people have said Asheville um, and and that specifically as far as just a beercation and you don't even have to leave the city to go to 10 or 15 breweries. I swear there's like one every time you turn the freaking corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only do you have that, you've got the the mountains in the area, um, the Biltmore Estate, which they've got their own brewery and winery, and you can try all the wines for free if you want to <laughs> give that a shot. Um, but just all in itself, not only just the beers, the you know the Biltmore Estate, um, the culture that's in in that that area between the the restaurants and the live music and and the outdoor scenery. I mean, it's it's kind of like Seattle, mm-hmm. but um on the east coast and better weather um, and better weather yeah <laughs> maybe a little bit smaller and less traffic yeah yeah, yeah. So. yeah. oh yeah i wait i have to say you just mentioned traffic the road system in seattle sucks it's yeah. like <laughs> it's like built back in the 70s and never updated for all those people that came in there just to let you know by blind people at that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's horrible it's yeah. horrible yeah but i i just remember um you know we we stayed just i believe north of of Asheville um and you know we did the whole airbnb thing we found some folks that had a kind of a an in-law suite in their house man i think we stayed i think we stayed there for like 75 bucks a night and we had you know all of our independent access to the to the inside of the house that we needed and all that good stuff but yeah we just rented a car and we were all over that city so that's definitely a place that we've been itching to go back to just you know, the list keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. You know, First world problems, I suppose. And it's worth mentioning. I mean, I, I was up there. I'm I'm up in Asheville fairly often. As I said, my in-laws live pretty close to there, so I'm up in that area pretty often. But 
in the fall or like late summer um, with COVID hadn't really had a chance to get out and do a whole lot, but I got some camping reservations in Great Smoky Mountain National Park, mm-hmm. which is less than an hour from downtown Asheville. Spent the weekend in the park camping, hiking, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And then got a hotel reservation in downtown Asheville, just blocks from the brewery block. Um, and luckily, one of my brother-in-laws is actually an Asheville police officer. So <laughs> that gives me a little bit of, you know, confidence that I can walk the streets there. Um, but just spent like I took Monday, Tuesday off from work. I just spent Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, just kind of stumbling around from brewery to brewery and just able to walk back to my hotel, which was just, again, just a couple blocks away from several of the breweries. So, you know, yes. high wire, wicked weed, burial, green man, mm. Catawba. Uh, I always mess up how you pronounce her name, but Bamari, it's a Indian, mm-hmm. name. Mm. but lots and lots of great breweries. They're all within very, very easy walking distance yeah. of each other. Yeah. That's the key. If you can get a place where you can stay and then just walk from place to place or, if you don't feel like walking, just like a short Uber ride, but it seems yeah. like in Nashville, Uber is like overkill, right? I mean, you can it you is. can definitely walk. It's it's that's a benefit because now you're you you don't have to stop after a certain amount. You can just keep drinking from opening to closing and walk yourself back to the hotel, and you'll be fine without worrying about. Uh, getting back home. Yep. Just got to remember where your hotel's at. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah. Always, you know, always come to Tampa too. Yeah. I mean, or what? Chris, or, I, I, I promise I'm going to be down there one of these days soon. I, I definitely want to hit Cigar City. I was going to try to hit Hunapu Day last year and then COVID hit and they yeah. canceled it. Yeah. Well, it's canceled year, again so next year too. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So they've already made that announcement. And for oh, those, have they now? Okay. Oh yeah. And for those of you that care, it's uh, now seventeen thirty-five Alabama. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Damn so um, I was actually just trying to hop on Cigar City's website probably about a, an hour or so ago, and they're getting ready to revamp all their their merchandise and everything that they've got on there too. So they're they're definitely continuing to grow and and. Uh, and and rebuild and just kind of just be this i still love all the a lot of the beers that they make even though they've gotten bigger and become you know they they uh partnered up with the canarchy and stuff like that so it's it's always a good place i like plus i get a discount there so it's not awful (laughs) all right mike what's your next one next stop um so i i picked denver for my next one okay Denny, you said you had not been to Denver, so no. Um, my wife and I went to Denver for GABF 2018. Um, I don't know if you guys. I, I don't think either of you guys in, in list listeners. I don't think either mm-hmm. of you guys have ever been to GABF. No. So, no. Nope. so John, John had gone, but not us. Yeah, so so it's not like a, you buy a pass and you're in for all the sessions. You actually pay per session, um, and they have like I think like two or three day sessions and three or four night sessions. So we got. Well, my wife is not anywhere near the beer drinker I am, but she she went to one session, and then I got tickets for two sessions. Hmm. So while we were in Denver, did a lot of hiking. Um, when I had planned the trip, I've always wanted to see a concert at Red Rocks. Oh, Red yeah. Rocks nice. Um, and I had been to the amphitheater walking around because one of my company's offices used to be in Denver. So I had been there, walked around, checked it out during the day, but never seen a concert there. Well, as GABF was approaching that year, I saw that Nine Inch Nails, who I'm a sort of fan of, not a huge fan, but I like some of their stuff. 
I saw they were playing at Red Rocks like the night before we were due to arrive. Well, okay, I'm going to switch that reservation up. And so we landed, immediately took an Uber to Red Rocks, saw Nine Inch Nails play at Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is Mm. amazing. Mm. If you ever get the chance to see a concert there, it is totally worth it. You're kind of, you know, you're in this sandstone, like, amphitheater that's been carved into the mountain looking out over the city lights of Denver. It's just an amazing concert venue. But, um, you know, did that. And then I think I got the like Friday or no, I think it was the Thursday and the Saturday night sessions that I got for GABF. Um, GABF was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, we had to stand in line. The line literally wrapped around the, the Colorado convention center like twice mm. to get in. So it, it crazy, crazy. But there are, were like, I'm going to make up the numbers here, but it was like 2,500 breweries and like 6,000 beers or something that were available there at the at the festival. Wow. It was just unbelievable how much beer was there. And, you know, we, we got a hotel room, much like Asheville, we got a hotel room that was just blocks away so we could just stumble back to our hotel room. Yeah. Trying to be smart about things, you know, yeah. be responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, we spent the evenings in there just drinking amazing amazing beer and at that time knowing a lot of the brewers from reno there were three or four five or six brewers from reno that were actually competing in gabf so got to hang out in their little stands and talk to guys that i knew and you know taste some of their special stuff really really amazing and then during the days um like the city of denver is just all about gabf so during the days there are constantly like tap takeovers and Mm -hmm. tastings and all kinds of stuff going on all around town. So I didn't want to drive anywhere because I'm drinking a lot, Mm -hmm. obviously. So I, you know, as a backpacker walking two or three or 15 miles is not that big a deal to me. (laughs) I didn't walk 15 miles, but from my hotel, I was walking to places that were two or three miles away and just sitting there for two or three hours at a tap takeover, tasting everything they had. Mm. Um, There was a place called Yard House who had really, really amazing food, just a taproom, not a a brewery. Um, Really, really amazing food. Had like, I want to say like 128 taps or something, some crazy number of taps. Um, this little place called Chiba Hut, which is a, a like a subway type toasted sub shop, which I guess it's a small chain there. But one particular one in the downtown area has a really good tap room in the back and they kept having these tap takeovers. So ended up there two or three times, ended up meeting a buddy of mine from Reno there just, you know, by chance. By chance. Nice. Bump in, yeah, just bump <laughs> into him. He was there for GABF. And, um, so, you know, just just enjoyed the the whole beer culture. And then during the days, while I wasn't hitting those events, just did a whole bunch of hiking around Red Rocks. And there's a place called, um, uh, what's it called? I just looked it up a minute ago. I think it's Dinosaur Ridge or something like that. Mm. Yeah, Dinosaur Ridge, which is out near Red Rocks. That's this um, kind of geological formation of uplifted rock and stuff with all kinds of dinosaur tracks and Mm. stuff in it. Really, really cool kind of stuff if you're into that kind of thing. So really, really cool stuff. Um, after GABF ended on like the Sunday and Monday, we went down a little south to um, Boulder and hit like Manitou Springs and did some hikes down there and did some like cliff dwellings, that kind mm. of stuff. So just got a bunch of hiking kind of outdoor stuff in while we were there. Went up to Pikes Peak, you know, drove up there, which was kind of cool because I have hiked to Mount Whitney before, which is the, the highest point in the lower 48. And actually got altitude sickness the first time. I oh. went there. It's 14,505. 
Pikes Peak is like 14,200 or something. That's not quite as high as Whitney, but it's still over 14. We drove up to the top of Pikes Peak and I was kind of shocked because I didn't get any sign of altitude sickness doing that. So hmm. and it was the highest my wife had ever been, but sit up there, got like the famous donuts that they have up there. So just an overall really, really good time in Denver. Yeah. Nice. That the alcohol, the uh, altitude sickness doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it every time. So uh, yeah. it just happens that the time you got it was a bad time. And that's what's always worried me with the, the high altitude hikes is you never know when it's going to hit you. And when it hits you, you're, you're done, right? You don't want to do any, you can't do any more. And uh, so I, I, uh, the highest peak here in, in Idaho is Bora, uh, Bora peak. And I've done that and it's 12,600 and something, I think. Um, and I was worried the whole time that, cause I, you know, I was worried I was going to get, you know, altitude sickness, but I, I was fine uh, yeah. going up, but it doesn't mean the next time I do it, I won't, uh, you know, it's have different. the same problem. Yeah. yeah. The next, I did Whitney a second time and summited and didn't get it the time. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. very different. Well, that's cool. Yeah, D- Denver is one of the spots I want to I want to visit. Uh, and you know, I I don't know if I really want to do the Great American Beer Fest, but I want to do what sh- what you did along with it is go do all the other stuff outside of the Great American Beer Fest while it's going on. And I think that's what I would do is just go there, uh, get a spot, and then. Now, you know, now that Uber and Lyft is so popular, well, it was, I don't know if it'll be popular. I mean, hopefully it'll still be around after COVID gets done. But I mean, <laughs> I, you know, you could easily take a, an Uber or Lyft from place to place without having to walk 15 miles. Now, two miles, I, I don't have a problem walking a couple miles. I, I walk a lot too. We, Sarah and I like to do a lot of walking. We try to walk as much as possible. But uh, I think more than two miles, I might call it, you know, call an Uber because that might be too much. <laughs> But yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, so you think that uh, Great American Beer Fest is something you'd like to do again one day? Or do you think uh, once is enough? As a matter of fact, I had uh, a hotel reservation for this past year, for 2020. They canceled it, made it a virtual event, so I didn't end up okay. getting into it. Um, I've gone ahead and made a hotel reservation for 2021. Oh, wow. So uh, assuming that it happens, I will be there this coming year. So. It should happen this year because I think by that time it's it, things should be cleared up. I, I'm I'm staying positive. So. I'm staying positive. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so. Well, good. I, I look forward to hearing how things go and what yeah. new new adventures that you have uh, during the Great American Beer Fest this coming year. That's good. So I'm going to go for my next one. So my next one on my list, which I think Mike, that you probably are also going to have something to talk about, is is Bend, Oregon. And everyone knows that Oregon is like Oregon, Washington, California. You know, those are like the West Coast, like meccas for craft beer, right? Where where the craft beer scenes like really blew up, uh, especially Oregon and Washington. That's like, like the home, the the uh, birthplace of craft beer, I, I I would say. And but everyone leans towards Portland now. Portland, Oregon has great breweries, and but there's so many breweries, I can't I can't just talk about it and there's so many different regions and you can't just go and stay at one place and visit all the breweries because they're all over this big giant sprawled out town now it's a great town and maybe mike will talk about his experience in portland but i'm not gonna talk about portland i'm gonna talk about bend because bend is more my style smaller little quaint vacation tourist town that has beautiful scenery red like uh you mentioned mike that uh 
you know, in Denver, you had the Red Rock uh, uh, Amphitheater. Well, you know what? That Red Rock or Red Sand is all over Bend, right? It's a, it's a red yeah. desert. Beautiful area. You can go out and, and do, you know, biking, camping, fishing. They got Mount Bachelor. You can go skiing. You can go, uh, you know. Three Sisters is right there. Yeah, Three Sisters. There's, there's mountain ranges yeah. everywhere, yeah. right? Beautiful scenery. You have desert. You have mountain scenery, snowmobiling, four-wheel driving, whatever you want to do. You have all kinds of stuff to do. But it's a small little town. And I don't know what the size of it is now, but back I, I, it's I'm, less than 100,000 people. Yeah, less than 100,000 yeah, 100, people. Yeah, 100,000 people. And there's, um, I don't know, 20-some breweries in this small town. Yeah. And a lot of them are really good. Now, um, I'm going to say that uh, I think I mentioned all the reasons why you want to visit there. Uh, but I'm going to now mention the breweries. And these are the breweries that I really – well, some of them I really enjoy, and then some of them I want to try, but I haven't because it's – I just haven't had the chance. I don't want to pay the – the price is a little bit expensive to to jump in. But um, I'm going to talk about my favorite. Now, call, I mean, favorites are hard to name because a favorite at one point, you know, might be different from favorite from another point in, your, in time in, in your craft beer journeys. If If it was – Ten years ago, I would say Deschutes Brewery, favorite brewery. Um, even at the time, it was that was even before I think I was even into Lagunitas. Lagunitas became my favorite brewery because I was really into IPAs and they did some great IPAs and some great beers. But as far as I mean, I've just, you know Black Butte Porter was one of the first craft beers I had back in the early '90s, and I still drink that beer today. That's how much I love it. They just produced some fantastic beer that is made in a in an English style that that I appreciate. Most of the beers are 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 from the Trent River uh, type of uh, water characteristic, so they have that certain flavor that I really enjoy. And so the Shoots is a place that is a brewery you must visit if you go to Bend. You gotta visit the Shoots. I've done the brewery tour; they do a fantastic tour. Uh, you know, you get tasters at the end. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. It's free, which is nice. I don't know if it's still free, but it was free when we did it. Um, and it's a good, you know, it's a good experience. They do a good job. But then you go to, you go from the brewery to their pub. Now the pub is the original location of their original brewery. It's it's down in the downtown area, um, and they do experimental beer, beers there. Now if you want to get the real good beers, that's where you go because they have all this pilot batch stuff that never gets released past the brewery. And every time I go through Ben, we stop and eat at the shoots and we, you know, I, I try their experimental pilot batch beers that are really fantastic. And so I recommend that everyone, go, if you're going to go to Ben, go to the shoots. But my favorite brewery right now and this time and place is Boneyard Beer. In fact, I'm wearing, wait, where is it? Here. <laughs> I'm wearing a Boneyard Beer uh, shirt because I, I love the brewery. And we're talking about, you know, about Ben, so I thought I, I'd support him. And of course, I'm wearing a shirt that uh, I don't know if you can see it, but this is a Cascadian. This is their Cascadian Imperial Cascadian Dark Ale, and I love black IPAs. So I'm supporting the the, the whole brewery and their their awesome uh, black IPA. But Boneyard Beer makes some fantastic beer. So anyone who goes to Ben has to go to Boneyard because um, their original brewery was in a like an old like auto 
auto shop thing, small. You couldn't, all you could do is buy samples for a buck. Of, they give you your first sample free, and then you're about to buy a buck for each sample after that. How they got away with giving a free sample, I don't know, but hey, I'm not going to complain. But you couldn't buy pints there. All you could buy is these these little sample beers, and you try them, and then you could buy gra- uh, growlers full of their beer and take it away. There was no on-site consumption. They just, a year or two, maybe two years ago, they opened up a uh, a pub location where you can drink their beers and they serve food. And we visited there last time we went through Bend. And uh, the food was good, nice variety. I really enjoyed their food. And the, again, the beer, now I can get full pints or full flights, like regular flights of their beers. Um, fantastic. Did you visit, uh, have you been to, you've been to Bend, right, Mike? Yeah, I've been to Bend a couple of times. Have you um, gone to Boneyard? I have both times, actually. Funny story. The first time I was ever in Bend, I checked in uh, on Facebook uh, at the brewery and a friend of mine from high school, I hadn't seen in <laughs> 20 years at the time. She's like, you're in Bend? I'm like, yeah, just up here, you know, checking out the breweries and stuff. She's like, I live like two blocks. She's like, I'm on my way. So got to, you know, hang out and see a friend that I hadn't seen in like 20 years wow. uh, at Boneyard. So that was kind of nice. cool. Nice. Well, good. So, yeah. So, so you're a fan of Boneyard yourself then? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Boneyard and Deschutes as well. I mean, I yeah. last time we were up there, uh, my wife and I went up there um, not too long before we moved to Atlanta. We went up there. And uh, I ran a half marathon up at Sun River, which is just like a few yeah. minutes south of, of there. And um, we met up some, with some friends of my wife at the shoots at the, the bar and grill, like downtown area, not yeah. the brewery. Yeah. Uh, but had like lunch there with her friends. And, you know, it was a really great time. And I keep telling you, Denny, you've got to get the Black Butte Cube, which you can really only get. I think this year is the first time they've ever released it. But prior to this year, you could only get it at the brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you get that one. It's one of the best stouts I think you'll ever so, have. So I've asked the guy, the the beer tender at the, the co-op, I said, I've asked him, hey, when this beer comes, I I want it. But he says it's ha- they haven't got any orders in it. But it was supposed to be released like like months ago. And yeah, it, six or eight months ago. Yeah, and it hasn't come, he hasn't seen it yet. So I don't know if it's only like limited release to, you know, maybe they're not coming out to, to the Boise area. But I do want that beer. I for sure. For do. those that don't know, Black Butte Cubed basically they they make a mash that is their malt bill to make Black Butte Porter. They make the mash, they distill it into a whiskey. They sell the whiskey, which goes like wildfire. You basically can't get it. The barrels that they age that whiskey in, they then take the next batch of Black Butte Porter and age in those same barrels, and they call that Black Butte Cubed. And it is just. It's not no adjuncts or anything, yeah. but it's one of the most amazing barrel-aged beers you will ever have in your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I, I It's on my list, and I've got the guy looking for it. As soon as it comes in, he's going to hold a couple of bottles for me. But, yeah, and it's nice that they're releasing this stuff in these small bottles, too, which is which is also a benefit. So, yeah, so um, the next brewery I want to talk about that you got to go visit and drink their beer is Crux Fermentation Project. Did you make it to Crux, Mike? Yeah, I've been to Crux both times I've been there. Yeah, Crux makes incredible beer. I've got a hat right there. I saw little, that. <laughs> I got a hat. I've got a I've got a couple of glasses. I've got I've got a number of things from Crux because I love I love Crux beer. And they actually I, I was drinking their Shakespeare stout uh this Christmas season and I was doing a Lego um advent calendar that that was gifted to me. So I opened that up uh on the first day of of December and I started 
building little Lego pieces each each day. And then I took a picture of of you know a couple of those pieces with the stout. And Crux saw it on um, on my Instagram and said, "Hey, can we?" Uh, you know, can we use this on on our website to promote? I said, of course. Just make sure you you, you know you you tagged uh, Taps of Craft uh, podcast yeah. on there, and they did, and it was fantastic because they they loved seeing the creativity and uh, you know, and I had the crux glass, I had the crux uh, you know can, and then this little uh, snowscape Lego thing that was uh, well, it was nice. So yeah, crux is great. Again, a brewery that can brew. All kinds of styles of beer, really good. Their IPAs are fantastic. Their stouts are fantastic. Their, I mean, everything in between is really well they done. They do a great Old Brun, which again is one yeah, of my favorites. The Old Brun, yeah. I mean, so again, that's a place you've got to visit if you go to Bend. Uh, these are all, uh, you know, award-winning breweries. You know, these th- these are breweries that produce fantastic beer. So, so you got to do it. Uh, more award-winning breweries that you may not have heard of, but make some good beer uh sun you mentioned sun river sun river brewing which actually has a, a spot in bend um they make some great beer that nobody's drank except for the guys at great american beer fest that give it a gold medal for their hefeweizen or whatever but man their beer is really good and we are lucky enough to get it here in in the uh in the boise area and i love drinking their their beers it's just everything is just really well done nothing nothing special just beer brewed well with love it, with love that tastes good right it's it's they're not adding a bunch of crap to it it's just good beer that is brewed well uh sun river's good another one that i that i enjoy their beer that i don't think it gets any recognition at all is silver moon brewing in ben um have you ever had you never heard of them no i don't know them a smaller brewery um but again they just make beers that that you know that that taste good um, but they don't get a lot of. They're overshadowed by so many other breweries in the area that uh, that that maybe people haven't tried them. And I I love Silver Moon, and they, um, you know, we drink quite a bit of their stuff that comes into town also. And then the one brewery that I haven't yet visited, or I I, you know, we're starting to get their bottled stuff here in Boise, but because it's like twenty six dollars a bottle or forty five dollars a bottle for some stuff, um, I just haven't had the gut to go and get it and i, think I know where you're going <laughs> yeah and all their stuff is uh wild fermentation and mixed fermentation exactly. and it's the ale apothe- apothecary and um the people that drink this beer swear that it's the best beer ever but i just don't have the pocketbook that can really support that <laughs> right now <laughs> so um it's a spot that i do want to visit and i'm hoping that you know one day i'll, I'll go to the the brewery uh, or tasting room I don't know if they really have a brewery, but I think they have a tasting room. You can yeah, they have to. a tasting room. I, I, I've been to the tasting room twice, um, both trips up to. I've only been to Ben okay. twice, but both trips made it to El Apothecary. Okay. The first time I was there, which was I don't know, maybe three years ago, um, it wasn't really a tap room; it was a tasting room. So yeah. literally, they would pop a bottle. Yeah, and pour they pop from a bottle. Yeah, that's what I and thought the it was. Second time, they actually had installed like four taps or something. It was still a very small number, but you could actually get you know a selection from the tap. But, uh, I mean, you know, if, if you like sours, looking at you, Chris, if you like <laughs> sours, um, they have some of the most amazing sours I've ever had. And some of them are like rip your face off sour. Yeah. But just the, you know, the, the secondary and tertiary notes you can get off of them are just amazing. Had one, the last time I was up there, I t- brought a bottle home called Purple Rain, which literally had Prince's Purple Rain logo, which was awesome. Nice. Man is a guitarist, you know. 
Um, and that beer was, I, I brought that to a bottle share back in Reno and just amazing, amazing beer. So many different like berry notes and stuff that you wouldn't expect out of a sour, but somehow they were pulling those notes out of it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty good. And they do. I think he also does a lot of stuff that is um, historic, um, you know, brews, things that are using uh, material uh, ingredients that aren't normally used in brewing it from historical uh, brewing yeah. techniques. So it's a unique place that I just have to visit because I appreciate, um, you know, that kind of artisanship that, that yeah. goes into it. So. Absolutely. All right, Chris, let's get you back in the conversation. Do you have another spot, uh, beercation destination you'd like to visit? Oh, come on. San Diego is definitely on the list. Yeah, there we go. Talk about San Diego. Um, actually, no, actually. So, um, <laughs> Let's see. What are some other places I'd like to go? I'd love to hit Colorado for, you know, for the, uh, obviously the reason that you guys mentioned prior. Um, but honestly, I would really, and I think I say this like every other show, I want to get out to Boise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not only that, but I, I've also uh, started to develop quite the fondness for um, Montana and, nodak breweries specifically drecker yeah. over in north dakota yeah you've uh, been getting quite a few drecker beers haven't you yeah um not only did i get drecker beers but i also got drecker stuff for christmas mm. uh megan got me a hoodie and a tin sign and and uh some stickers that for christmas this year so okay. oh and a work and a dickie's work shirt too so. <laughs> from drecker yeah all yeah. right cool i i have a i have a deschutes brewery uh dickie's work shirt that i mm-hmm. wear all the time i love that shirt yeah yeah those those are comfortable shirts not only do i have those uh in as far as breweries go but i also have them for work too <sighs> they have our logo on them okay so yeah i i um i think there are some some breweries coming out of that area uh north dakota um minnesota we already someone mentioned wisconsin uh wisconsin's definitely a spot that's got some some great breweries to that you want to try i just don't know if they're like spread out or in in a localized area that's where it becomes difficult if you don't want to have to drive around the whole state right but uh, okay so mike uh, what about you you got another destination um, sure. Um, so, Denny, I know you named this one, too, but I'm going to go to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So I've done, you know, me and friends have done weekend Bay Area brewery tours many, many times over the years. Um, you know, and most of the time, not always, but most of the time, that's just about hitting the breweries. Yeah. So um, a lot of really amazing breweries in the Bay Area. Um, Fieldwork. Fieldwork, they've oh, yeah. got tap room in... They started in Berkeley, but they've got a tap room in Napa, Monterey, Sacramento, and I think they've got a fifth one now too, which I forget, but I've been to all but the fifth one, I think. Uh, you know, you drop down a little south towards Santa Cruz, you got Santa Adarius, which does some mm-hmm. amazing sours. Um, just a couple blocks from field work, you've got Rare Barrel, who does yeah. also amazing, amazing sours. And the last time I was there, I was talking to the bartender. And apparently they brought on a like actual like trained chef mm. and their food was just out of this world. Good. They had like this 
smoked roasted potato with pimento cheese, which sounds weird, but was just like orgasm in a bowl. It was just, uh, <laughs> just amazing food. Um, Drake's dealership, Almanac Cellar Maker, which I'm actually wearing their sweatshirt here, I think. Yeah, yeah Almanac so, is awesome. Yeah, Almanac is the good stuff. Uh, Humble Sea. Um, you know, there's a lot of really, really great breweries in, in the Bay Area. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the Bay Area, so there's tons of stuff to do. You can go to Muir Woods to hike. You can do, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff in San Francisco proper. Um, you know, there's there's tons and tons of stuff to do in that area. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. Just, you know, go out and see Alcatraz, which yeah. is a cool tour if you've never yeah. done that. So lots and lots of cool stuff over there. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I had that on my uh... – on my uh, brief mentions list that's not the, in detail. And uh, y- y- you mentioned uh, a few oh, that I didn't mention whew. in the, in my list. So I, I'm going to say, I already mentioned Lagrinias. I know Lagrinias is now sold out to Heineken. So it's not as, you know, as big of a, of a, of, of a get. And, and I know that they've changed their, especially after they opened the Chicago brewery, things kind of shifted with the whole Lagunias. I think once they opened the Chicago place, I started losing my, uh, my love for the brewery just because it, things were going different than it was before that, that shift. But um, I visited the, the brewery in Petaluma and had a great time. I actually I have a, it's a funny story is uh, I didn't realize that my license expired here in Idaho. They don't tell you when your license expired. They expect you to know when it expires and go get it renewed on your own. And, Two times since I've been, I've been here almost 20 years I've been in Idaho, and twice my license expired, once for over a year before I real, before I rented a U-Haul tra- truck or trailer, and they uh, told me that, uh, hey, you know your license expired? I'm like, no. I'm like, it's been expired for over a year. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? And then for the second time was that trip to Lagunitas. I had driven from Boise all the way to Petaluma. And uh, my birthday is in June, June 19th, and this was in July. So my my license had been expired, I think it was like July 4th is that weekend there. So it was, my license was expired for like two weeks before I go to, to Lagunias. And they, I said, oh, I want to do the tour. And they got to check your ID. You have to be over 21 to do the tour because they give you free um, tastings at the same time. So I go and show my ID and it says, hey, your license expired. Do you have another li- another ID? And I'm like, my license expired? What the hell? I I look at it and like, yeah, it's two weeks old. I was like, well, it's expired, but I mean, do I not look like I'm over 21? <laughs> I mean, at the time I was like, you know, 30, 40 something, right? I'm all, I was old. And I'm like, do I not look like I'm over 21? Well, yeah, but I need to have a valid license to let you in because of the stuff, the problems they had before with drugs and all of this stuff. They're, they have a real strict. I said, well, I came all the way from Boise, Idaho to go on this damn tour, not knowing my <laughs> license was expired. And I don't, I mean, I said, I have my uh, concealed weapons permit. Will you take that? They took it. They looked at it, took it back to his manager with my license that was expired. I said, okay, we'll accept it. Even though Idaho concealed weapons permit is not a a valid ID in California, but it got me in the tour and I got the, the tour. So that's a little mm-hmm. uh, story there that, uh, that was interesting. I had no idea my license expired. So not only did I continue to drive the entire trip until I got back to Idaho to get my license renewed, uh, 
um, I, I was safe. Luckily, I didn't get pulled over by a police officer. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's a little story. So then there, um, go up a little bit north from Petaluma, Santa Rosa. You have to visit Russian River. Now, Mike, tell me you went to Russian River before. Yes, I, I've okay. been to both the uh, the downtown Santa Rosa location. So I stood in line for three and a half hours for climbing <laughs> the younger a couple years ago. Okay, is it worth it? It, it was worth it. It was actually. worth it. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, funny story. I'll, I'll make this short. But sort of me and a couple of friends went over to a pizza place. Uh, it's called um, uh, Old Town Pizza in uh, uh, Roseville near Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So we went across the mountain to their third anniversary. It's probably the best. It's not a brewery. It's a pizza pizza yeah. place, right? But probably the best single tap list in Northern California. Not exaggerating about that. Outside of a brewery itself. So we go over there to their third anniversary party. They've got some amazing beers on tap. We knew a storm was moving in, but we thought we could beat it home. Well, no, they closed Interstate 80, and we got stranded on the west side of the Sierras. Couldn't make it back because they closed the interstate. We couldn't get home. <laughs> so we're like, just gonna. there's like three of us. We're just going to get a hotel room in Sacramento and spend the night. And I'm like, you know, guys, it's this is uh, 2019, actually. This is two years ago, so a year and a half ago. I'm like, you know, it is Pliny Week, and the new brewery is only like another hour and a half from here. So we went to the new brewery, and I, for the life of me, can't remember the name of the town at this moment. It's all Arabic ranking. But the new larger facility that they built north of Santa Rosa, uh, we went there, got there at like 9.30 at night or something, had no line, <laughs> walked right in, and got to try Pliny the Younger and have food and stuff there. Nice. And then got a room there in, in that town and, and uh, Windsor. That's it. Windsor, California. Um, okay. But yeah, it was it, it great. It was absolutely great. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, we went, we went to the, the original spot, but we, I think our hotel was in Windsor. I, uh, I think, I think that's where we stayed because we, because we knew we weren't going to be driving after, after doing yeah. that. So we stayed uh, pretty close by, but yeah, it's, it's a great, you got to go to Russian river. Um, also, in Fairfield, California, nothing else is in Fairfield except for Heretic Brewing. Uh, have you gone to Heretic uh, in Fairfield? I have been to Heretic, yeah. Yeah. Um, I am a huge fan of Heretic. Um, maybe not as much now as I was prior to the big boom of uh, of craft beer taking on, where all of these breweries are now producing great beer. But before that time, Heretic was like, constantly putting out great beer that that just blew the socks off everyone else and uh, i had to go visit them in fairfield uh, industrial park and you know a strange spot that i wouldn't expected them to be at but it was fun and we and we got to drink a few unique things that weren't available in our era we were lucky because heretic uh, one of the first distribution spots outside of their state was in boise and they had a deal with one of the uh, bottle shops here that allowed them to uh, transport the beers over and sell it. So I, I feel very lucky that we were able to get their beers very early and, uh, and, and they make some great beers. So another spot I think is worth, worth visiting just because uh, they make good beer. And then of course, in San Francisco, you got to go visit anchor brewing because they're, you know, been around forever and make, they also make some very, uh, I think they make some great beer, you know, regular beer, beer, right? The beer that tastes like beer, beer. You know, they, they don't do much different than just, you know, regular style. It just seems a classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So those are my spots there. 
Um, okay. Uh, I guess we're kind of running a little long, so we should probably wrap this up. I, I'm going to go real quick with my last one here. Um, Portland, Maine. I know Jim Kutzall mentioned it. I've mentioned it on the show a number of times. My main reason, two main reasons. One, uh, visit Allagash. I, I've been wanting to visit Allagash for a long time. That's the main reason. But what's nice about that is I visit Allagash. I can visit like a number of other breweries right in that same area. So I can visit one brewery and then bounce to like five or six other breweries right there. So that, that's nice. Um, also, a side note is that I was actually born in Brunswick, Maine. My dad was stationed at Orr's Island uh, Naval Base there, uh, you know, in the in the late sixties, and uh, and and I was born in Brunswick. My and then he got transferred, um, like right after I was born, to Chicago, where my sister was born, and then we got transferred to Long Beach, uh, where he got out after uh, time in Long Beach, California. So I've never been back to Maine. So I started my craft beer journey in Washington state at the furthest north uh, besides Alaska in the in the continental United States the furthest northwest spot. You know what? I need to go all the way to the furthest northeast spot and uh, try some craft beer out there and go visit the spot where I was born. I got to see where I was born. I'm a I'm a maniac by birth but never lived there more than a few months. So um Allagash, Bissell, Bissell Brothers, and Mass Landing are the ones I've uh, that I've heard that are are uh, you, know, you know worth uh, visiting. I know that Jim uh, Kutzel, um, you know, had some other ones that are also worth visiting, and I hope that I can visit um, Maine and Allagash with uh, Jim and Tara one day uh, as a team. Be good to to go do that. Have you been up to Maine, Mike? No, I actually uh, back in October I had planned a trip up into uh, Maine and New England to do some backpacking in Acadia National Park up in Maine. Um, was intending to hit Trillium Treehouse, meet a buddy of mine in Boston, yeah. hit those guys going up into New Hampshire and hit uh, Alchemist and Hill Farmstead. And because of the pandemic, um, those states had pretty strict quarantine requirements in place for out-of-staters. Yeah. And so I had to cancel that. And that's when I ended up kind of diverting and going out to BrewDog in Columbus, Ohio, and then visiting John and Trek. Um, so, yeah, didn't exactly make it to Maine, but hopefully someday soon. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of – I mean, Maine is is up north, but there's, like, a lot of lakes, a lot of water things, seafood. You know, I, it's a, supposedly it's a beautiful place. It also gets a lot of snow in winter. So I don't think I want to live there. Because I don't want to, I, I don't like dealing with the snow I have here, let alone in Maine. But I want to visit it, and uh, and then we have a, another listener, um, Jay Morris. He, he's from Maine, uh, maniac. I can't remember his whole uh, Twitter name, but um, you know, he. I hope to meet up with him also, and he can take me to some of these. Uh, he, you know, I think he lives near Portland, Maine, so he can he can join us and 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 give us a uh, a locals perspective of the craft beer scene too. So that'd be good. All right, so uh, Mike, anything else you want to talk about beer destination? I'm sorry, we we kind of ran a little late. Did you have a bunch oh, on your good. list, or did you finish your list mostly? No, I, I had a list. Um, the one I, I have to call out just because okay. I, I would be remiss if I didn't. It's not really a beer vacation for me because I lived there for like 17 years or something. But Reno is is an amazing little <laughs> beer town. I mean, um, you know, Denny talks about revision all the time, and revision is definitely a place worth checking out. But 
you know, Reno has got Imbibe and Great Base and some other really, really great breweries uh, there locally. In addition to, there's all kinds of great culture there. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Lake Tahoe that's just like 20 miles away, all the ski resorts, yeah. which are within an hour. You've got Yosemite a couple hours away. You've got the casinos. So a lot of really, really great stuff. There are a lot of great tap rooms. A lot of friends of mine that own tap rooms there, Beer and V and the 395 and Picnic, a lot of really, really good places there. So I'd be remiss if I didn't call out Reno as a beer destination. Oh, there you go. There, I didn't realize you lived there for 17 years. That's a long time. Yeah, I lived there quite a while. Yeah. So you planning on living in Georgia for the next 17 years? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, 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 I'll tell you, I, I like Reno a lot better than Atlanta, but I don't dislike Atlanta. It's just the traffic here. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to really judge. I mean, we've been stuck in our houses yeah. for you know, what, nine or 10 months now. So yeah. it's kind of hard to know. I haven't been able to kind of build the the relationships here that I had in Reno just because I've been stuck in my house to a great extent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So uh, I'm going to mention just real quick. Um, I've already talked about Ireland. Um, everyone needs to go and, uh, and do a trip to Ireland, uh, see Guinness, uh, visit some of the fantastic craft breweries all around that country that I got to to witness uh, some of the great beers that they're putting out. I had no idea that Ireland was making some fantastic craft beer. And even Guinness was fun to visit and tour. I had a, a blast. So go to Ireland. Uh, spots that I haven't been to that I want to go to that I don't, I'm not going to talk in detail because I haven't planned the trips, but uh, Germany, Belgium, and Prague. Those are three places that I will visit before I die um, and and drink their beers. Most likely, I'm going to go eat with either someone that's already has experience touring that place, or I'm going to take the easy route and just take a beer tour where someone just drags me along on a, on a bruise cruise and takes me to all the great spots so I don't have to worry about planning um, on that. So that's those are my uh, beer destinations that I, uh, that I, I want to do. Uh, Mike, do you have any destinations that you, uh, uh, you know, have on the, on the distant uh, distance that you want um, to do? So, like I said, New England, I definitely want to hit those breweries I mentioned and hit hit Maine and up in that area. And I have on my to do list to actually hit Oktoberfest in Germany, um, the real Oktoberfest, in the next three or four years. So, okay. see how things play out, but that's that's hopefully on the on the agenda. Well, now that you're in Georgia, it's a lot easier to get over there from Georgia than it is from Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Chris, how about you? Besides Boise. Uh, besides where, Boise. Yes. Where, where, um, where do you plan on visiting? Uh, I definitely would love to check out Oktoberfest. I mm-hmm. would definitely love... I'm just, I'm just going to just tag along in your suitcase. <laughs> um, our, next trip, our next trip overseas is probably going to be to Iceland. You want to join us to Iceland? We can go there too. Okay. I hear Reykjavik's nice this time of year. <laughs> I'm planning a trip to Peru in April, but we'll see oh. if that works or not. But, you know, so I, I don't know what the beer is like down there. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think the beer is very good. But, uh, yeah. again, you, if you like hiking, you got a lot of hiking to do in Peru. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to be backpacking the Inca Trail up to Machu Picchu. Yeah, so. Machu Picchu. Yeah. Well, Chris had Machu Picchu uh, background. Oh, you know but... what? I deleted him. Oh. I, I did. I, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I deleted them because I had to put some cool Mandalorian stuff in here so I could. <laughs> All good. Yeah. All right, Chris, do you want to do our new and noteworthy or you want to just end this thing? I think we'll go ahead and skip the new and noteworthy. Okay. Wait, Mike, do you have any of the new and noteworthy you had to talk about? 
Only because you commented on on, uh, oh, okay. on Tap Denny, I will call out the uh, the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout, oh, yeah. uh, Kentucky Fog. Um, so uh, Christmas, or actually, I'm sorry, Thanksgiving, uh, we spent at my in-laws up near Asheville. And uh, I had to drive about an hour Black Friday morning down to Greenville, South Carolina, where they actually get the stuff but was able to get the base and three of the variants, not get the birthday or the anniversary mm. stout. But I did get the uh, Kentucky Fog as one of the three variants I got. Uh, so that's the one with honey and Earl Grey and I think black tea. And it was just out of this world good. Mm. I mean, I drink Earl, I, I don't drink coffee very much. Coffee messes with my stomach, so I don't really drink coffee in the mornings. But I do drink Earl Grey tea pretty often. And uh, that particular beer, the, the Earl Grey was very, very present. Mm. Got some honey in the background. It was just absolutely outstanding. And Denny, I know you mentioned that you want to try that one. I so. do. I do. I, I love tea in beer. I don't know why it just resonates with me, but I just, I love the flavor. And I've heard, you're not the only one I've heard good things about it. Now, I've heard people that when they first try the variants, they say, oh yeah, the fog is the best. And I don't want to burst your bubble, but then they say they have the birthday and the birthday like overtakes the fog. So I'll if you can find the birthday, you should find a birthday because I hear it's really good. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll let you know. Oh, you have it, Chris? <laughs> oh, snap. I, yeah. So we, we were able to get a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, nice. At our, surprisingly enough, at our total wine and more. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, Chris, that's where I got mine too in Greenville was a total wine and more. So all right. they don't have everything there. So. Well, we look forward to hearing about that in your next new, new Norworthy there, Chris. Yeah. Guess I'll have to drink it. Got to do it for the show. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, let's close this thing out because I think we lost all of our, Oh, we still have four viewers. That's well, we want two of them are you and me, right, Chris? Probably. <laughs> we still have two viewers, but uh, let's go ahead and just uh, give a chance to raise a glass to toast, uh, because I still have my fourth beer. I have like one sip left here. <laughs> uh, but uh, Mike, after you get done chugging that thing, uh, do you have anything, anyone you'd like to raise a glass to tonight? Um, you know, with all the craziness in the world, um, I don't want to get political here. That's, that's dangerous territory. But I do want to raise a glass to, to those serving in D.C. during what happened this past week and uh, just appreciate those actually doing their job and, you know, and protecting our freedom. So yeah. I will raise a glass of those gentlemen. And, and I'll those cheers to that. My, women, women. Yeah. My good buddy, uh, Eric Glover is a uh, Pentagon police officer. Um, that was, that's there. I haven't heard yet how he made out. Hopefully he was away from all that. Uh, but they do bring his, his crew in when needed for extra support. But, uh, but yeah, I understand what you're saying, and yeah, cheers to those guys, and and uh, I'm glad. I mean, I'm sad that that we did have some loss of life and some issues. Um, I guess I'm grateful it's not wasn't worse than it than it could have been, but it shouldn't have happened to begin with. But it, again, we're not going to get into the, that whole that whole mess. But uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll raise a glass to my buddy Eric for sure. Uh, Chris, how about you? Who'd like to give a cheers out tonight? So, Mike, I would love to raise a glass to you, sir, not only for getting on here and uh, and, and chatting about beer and stuff with us, but also being a, a virtual producer with us, man. We we definitely appreciate that yes. and uh, and always will raise a glass to that for, 
for for the support. We definitely appreciate that. So cheers to you. That's uh, a good cause. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to? All right. Well, I'll raise a glass to our Patreon, uh, John Carroll. He's a new Patreon that just started up this month. Uh, cheers to you, John. Thank you for your support. And I also want to raise a glass to a to one of my uh, uh, Israeli uh, colleagues who is here in the Boise working with me on uh, some issues. Well, not issues, working on a project. Uh, uh, Gal Guterman. Uh, cheers to you, Gal. Uh, if you're listening, uh, you know, he learned about my podcast, and I'm I'm not sure if he's actually uh, he, he said he, he likes to listen to podcasts when he's driving, and and uh, you know maybe when he gets he's driving back and forth from uh, work to you know while he's here, so maybe he's listening to our podcast as he's driving. But it's a short drive, so he can't get you know it it takes him like a week to get through one podcast, I think, because it's not that that far away. But but cheers to you, Gal. Thank you for uh, for joining me and, and helping on this project. And of course, uh, for some more uh, fun beer uh, adventures that we're going to have here in Boise in the next uh, few weeks. All right. And then, of course, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass. I want to thank all those who have served and are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Uh, I hope that uh, you guys can return home home safely to your family very soon and cheers to to your service and chris why don't you go ahead and give a toast to our sponsor so i want to raise a glass to the folks over at brewer shirts brewer shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer never too trendy always comfortable and offering affordable quality they screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks materials and processes Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. And you can find the beers and, well, I guess just the beers, uh, mentioned on the show in the show notes on the show post at tapthecraft.com. And maybe four beers was too much for tonight. I don't know. <laughs> oh, and I'm the responsible one here this evening. <laughs> and if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. Chris, how can our listeners follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or Untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And all things social media at Tap the Craft. That's right. Mike, do you have any social uh, media presence? Uh, you can find me at Facebook at Mike Allen. Um, yeah, I'm really not on Twitter on Untap uh, <laughs> in the spike. Um, in the spike. Yeah, I like it. it. It's an old nickname from years ago. It used to be Mike the Spike. I had to shorten it at one point. It became in the spike. <laughs> hey, that works. That works. All right. Well, that's great. All right, it's last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now on Amazon Podcasts, or however you listen to your podcast. As a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. 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 Cheers.